1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hello and welcome to The Cinematic Universe. (laughs) I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt. And Reese Williamson. Uh so today we will be discussing Matt Reeves' 2022 movie, The Batman. Um just the one movie this week. And we had two last time, but just the one. Um and uh, and yeah, that's it really. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think of anything else to riff on with the Batman, and I didn't. <laughs> I know who wants who wants to be vengeance of the three of us? I think I've, I've already said that I am vengeance. I think uh, on, on the on the on the pre-call. So that's I okay. guess that's I'll take it, that. I suppose. Then it's uh, then it's Ruth. whatever
3: that means slash for the <laughs> podcast or the movie. Because anyway, we'll get to it.
2: We will get to it. Um, so as this is a new release, we won't have any news this week. Uh, we will have a spoiler-free discussion of the Batman, um, which will probably be quite brief, given. James has already given his spoiler-free thoughts on the podcast, um, mm-hmm. but if anyone wasn't listening to that episode, uh, like me, you, um, you would. <laughs> uh, then it would be great to hear those thoughts, uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe briefly, um, and then we, then we will go into a full spoiler-filled discussion of the Batman. Um, but before any of that, I need to switch things up a little bit this week and um, do a bit of podcast admin. Uh, so sorry, everyone loves
4: the podcast. Admin.
2: Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> listeners, if you were uh, if you were hoping to have something explained to you that maybe you didn't understand, uh, you will. It's just happening. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, kind of a big uh, podcast announcement. We are changing the format of how this podcast uh, lands both on the main feed and on Patreon. Um, so, moving forwards, after this episode, the main feed will become a monthly show. That show will be uh, full of a month's worth of news. Uh, and we'll have some other discussions sprinkled in, which you know we'll probably we'll probably figure out on a month by month basis. Meanwhile, over on the Patreon, which will be the the same cost that it always has been, we will continue to um, discuss all of the Disney Plus Marvel episodes on a week by week basis, and we will cover any new release movies over there. So any new movies that come out that are superhero based, you know, the ones that we have normally cover on the main feed, will now on the patreon uh, what we will also start to do is put any archive posts from the patreon live on the main feed a year after they have been on the patreon so if you do still want to hear everything for free you will be able to just on a year's delay now obviously a big change um and a number of reasons for this and i think some uh, <laughs> some some life news i'm having another another baby well, I, my wife is having another baby, but I contributed, <laughs> I contributed. You, and you've played uh, your part. <laughs> uh, yes, and obviously, last time I had a baby, I stepped away from the podcast and was gone for a year, and we were trying to figure out basically how it would be, you know, possible to continue, um, and also kind of. We've also kind of reached the point with the main feed episodes. Where we, where we re-
4: can't face watching any more comic movies. <laughs> well,
2: we've, we've <laughs> kind of exhausted all of the, certainly all of the stuff that would justify episodes on their own. Um, So, you know, increasingly over the past year, we've been grouping stuff together. And, you know, we thought that if ever anything does come up that we really want to talk about from that archive, that can be an opportunity to sprinkle that in, you know? on the, on the main feed but that will be on those news episodes and it will be if we're really compelled to do it. What we don't want to do is go like <laughs> oh, I Bob guess <laughs> Yeah, I guess we're going to I guess we're going to do an episode on those movies there because we haven't covered them even though we don't really want to watch them or talk about them. Um, I think uh, that would be no think, fun for anyone.
4: I think anyone who listened to this year's copies can see the huge disparity mm. yes. <laughs> in the, the quality of new mm. movies that are coming out and the quality of archive movies we've been covering.
2: Yes. It's starting to become slimmer pickings. So this this was a way basically that enabled us to continue doing the podcast. Still, I think overall putting out a lot of content and still making all of the content available eventually. For everyone, also you know, d- demands on our time and the funds to to keep this podcast going, uh, just justify it to our other halves, or um, <laughs> in Reese's in Reese's case, is, uh, his flatmate, my Sam. flatmate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have
3: we have a monthly budget meeting that uh, I think crosses boundaries, but I mean, I, you know, he he, set, he puts in my diary, so hey. <laughs>
2: So yeah, we will. uh, Yeah, it it will still remain three pounds a month on the Patreon to subscribe to everything. There's still that one pound tier to get ad free versions of the of the main feed episodes as well. And we're going to be covering Moon Knight soon. We'll be covering Moon Knight soon, and then as we have, you know, we are now a year removed from launching the Patreon in the first place. At which point we said we wouldn't, we kind of wouldn't make any changes for a year we didn't um and so a year later this change is happening but that doesn't mean we've got a year's worth of archive patreon posts which can start going up on the main feed if you haven't heard them already or you know just want to listen to them again a year on (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah hopefully um that's not too devastating news for everyone um that there will still be main feed content it will be you know fairly regular we're going to aim to put it out probably around the first of every month with news and nonsense i would say and then yeah patreon new movies new disney plus episodes and there's a lot of those so there's still (laughs) going to be a lot of content
3: because also hopefully with the with the new main feed format you know just the slight loosening up of of that format could could, i think i think will be a, a fun hang a nice listen um i think so i feel like sometimes we've gotten you know, because we've got these rigid little sort of features that we do, and plus the spoiler-free, spoiler-filled with guests, all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of think, I, I like to think that these monthly main feed episodes will be, you know, ninety minutes of the the month's news, acting as a kind of, you know, kind of clothes hanger for just us to to hang out and.
4: and talk I can, and, and I can tell you chat. now, there's going to be a lot more comics discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I can slip
3: that in now. Excellent. Yeah, we
4: could talk. We could talk about, you know,
3: I know, Joe. I feel like you've always wanted to have some, a bit of a window to talk about stuff that you've just been watching recently, yeah, whether it's new stuff or old stuff, you know, a little, and similarly, final point is that Patreon stuff's going to be, it's, it's basically, it's all of the really juicy new releases that I want to talk about. Yeah. And kind <laughs> of, I think same. And then the main feed's going to be all, all fun, all fun stuff. Good <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: Cool. There's there we go. <laughs> um, so that's the future of the podcast. Uh, but right now, we need to move into a, a spoiler free territory and discuss the Batman. Reese, do you want to go first? Um, I think no, so no, if, if I'm if I'm right in thinking, and as I say, I never listened to James's um, <laughs> James's take on the Batman, uh, but I've, James has revealed you know little bits and pieces in the background. Um, I believe James is your favourite ever Batman movie. Yes. With the, it's cave- my is- with the caveat that you're not a huge Nolan guy. <laughs> is that an understatement? Yeah,
4: I, even, even with being a huge, uh, even if I was a Nolan fan, I think I would prefer this one. I've seen this one twice now. And if anything, I liked it slightly more the second time.
2: Wow. So you're you're all in on the Batman.
4: I'm definitely all in, yeah.
2: Okay, Reese.
3: Okay, so uh, for context, I've seen this movie twice as well. Now my first viewing was, um, the, the I'd, I've I've recently got a new little job which is great. You know, pause for applause. Uh, it's a lot of extra work. This was I work at a cinema, um. So I was at my place of work and I'd worked seventy hours that week. I was very tired, but I decided no, for the good of the, for the good of mankind, I must simply must watch the Batman. I will just quickly have four pints first. And <laughs> So what happened was, then I I did fall asleep, genuinely fell asleep for right. the whole middle hour of the film, uh, and so <laughs> and so canonically had no take on the Batman, but I thought like, oh, there was a cool bit with car and a car, the cool bit with a with a the jump. Uh, then I watched it a week later properly, liked it. I can't remember the movie, and I think that's my controversial kind of take. I just I think it probably. I think it's a bit ephemeral and we can get into all the comparisons to all the previous Batman's, but that broadly, I think it's not doing enough different to, to make any kind of impact to leave any kind of impact. And I think it's, it's a good Batman movie from an interesting director, but the, 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 the the movie is just not, it's just not got enough interesting ideas, new ideas, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe it's impossible to make a new Batman film with, with new ideas, properly new ideas, to make a kind of an impact like those Nolan movies did, and they did do that, especially the second one. And and Pattinson's great, and the suit looks cool, and all of there's all these little pieces that work, and it works as as a whole. But yeah, I think that's my take. It just it's uh, it's a really hard challenge to make an impactful new Batman film, and I don't think this is this is one of those. Uh, but maybe the sequel will be, and maybe this is a foundation for the future. But but yeah, but I liked it. I, I you know I liked it. It it was fun. I I would see. I'd watch it again. But
2: it's not different enough. I don't think. Uh yeah.
5: Yep.
2: Yeah. Um. Okay. So, where am I on the Batman? So, um, do you know what? I thought it was really interesting that a lot of the reviews that came out, kind of, and uh, you know, the the instant the embargo has broken, must drop piffy thoughts on Twitter. A lot, a lot of those thoughts seem to be split into: this is great, really dug it, really works. Um, You know, we've we've got the start of a new Batman franchise here. Can't wait to see more of it. And the other side that was like, fucking hell, like that was such a drag. It's bad. It's got nothing to say. It doesn't. You know, the retake. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything different. And I didn't say it was bad. No, 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 no. That you said you said it <laughs> had on. nothing new to say. So that yeah. I, I was literally just picking that part out of you. Um, but yeah, the, the the that kind of really like I, I, I can just I can empathize with the people who thought that this movie, like that that were half an hour into this movie and went, oh my god, there is another two and a half hours of this. And I can empathize because I think if you didn't have if you didn't like this movie. It would be so fucking punishing. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Because it is so. It 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 knows exactly what what it wants to be tonally, and it it hits that tone in the first five minutes and it stays there. <laughs> and I f- for me, um, I kind of really dug the first hour. I was having a really great time with with. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I think I can get on board with this kind of like really morose, neo-noir. I liked what Pattinson was doing. I liked that Gotham felt like this comic book city. I liked that I wasn't being, that it wasn't overly burdened with lore other than the stuff that you would, you kind of like at this point, take for granted with Batman. I think it started to lose me a little bit in the, (laughs) I think it started to lose me a little bit every time it went back to the Riddler. Um, I don't think this is Paul Dano's finest performance. I don't think he's a very interesting villain, and um, and I think as well, the stuff that I was really into in terms of like the plot machinations of the film was the like the the was the past of batman like what what like was the kind of him trying to extricate his past and the like and the mysteries around like the crime setup of gotham i was kind of into that and then when the film showed its hand in terms of what was going on there i was like oh that's is that as interesting as i thought it could be and then when you know when we found when we finally saw the riddler and i don't think this is a spoiler because when you finally see him he's paul dano and we all know who paul dano is and like (laughs) <laughs> and like, it's not. It's not. There can't be a shock twist with the reveal of that character because he is exactly what we expect him to be. And so, I kind of, I, I struggled a little bit more in the final hour because of that. Um, but I, I think I liked enough things about it to have an enjoyable three hours at the cinema because <laughs> I liked Pattinson, I liked Zoe Kravitz, I, I, I liked the. I liked the commitment to that tone, even if it it did contribute to it feeling like a three-hour movie. Um, But yeah, so I I would say, like, I I know what Reese is saying. I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know if you could come to this with, like, anything new to say about Batman as a character that hasn't been said already, unless you want to go and do something radically different. And this isn't radically different, but it is very much its own vision. And I liked enough of the ingredients that I thought, yeah, I could come back and see more of this, I think.
4: There is um, one thing I want to say on that point, is that I think this film does do some things which explicitly mark this version of Batman out sort of philosophically from the other versions. Yeah. Um, And I think we'll get to those things later, but I was kind of intrigued by the points that i saw as being sort of explicit rejections of both snyder and nolan's version of batman like not not in a very dismissive way but in a more sort of constructive this is what i think batman's about rather than those things way i think i know um, what
2: one of those is um but yeah we, we can get into them yeah i will yeah, also we'll get- say I- I do roundly reject the idea that this film isn't about anything. I do think it has stuff on its mind. Um, but, yeah, we, again, I couldn't really get into that without getting really spoilery, so we'll we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Sorry, go on, Reese. I
3: found myself... One more comment.
2: I, I found myself thinking
3: that the next day after the second viewing, maybe, or the first, I found myself thinking about comparing this to um, Spider-Man homecoming, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. in terms of like a, a kind of a really, uh, I know, I, you know, I know that actually there hasn't been a solo Batman movie for kind of a, a good chunk of time, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way in the culture. It sort of feels like Batman. Is it is 10 ever, ever present.
2: 10, was 10 years? Was Dark Knight really Rises 2012?
3: But, you know, you've got the Affleck stuff and there's yeah. the TV stuff and, you know, the the, Lego it does Batman. feel, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, and I, I was sort of, so therefore I was kind of thinking, I wondered whether I wanted something a bit more, Like Homecoming versus The Amazing Spider-Man, you know, with that—that was a very short, relatively short period period of time. And I know that, yes, he's in the Marvel Universe. That's one of the differences. But also, you know, the kind of they—they did. I thought they did a smart job of shuffling up the supporting cast, shuffling up. You know, the fact that he doesn't—we don't really see Spider-Man in those movies in swinging around New York until that third film. I thought that that was a choice that made things just feel a bit fresh. fresher. Um, I wondered whether I think I wanted something a bit more like that for this. That that just. So I, I guess you know the... I didn't. Did I want him interacting with the Riddler and and Catwoman again and Gordon? But then also, maybe these are called, These are just so core cool to the character that you these are your tools
2: for telling a telling a Batman story. Well, the Riddler's a character that hasn't these... been on screen for every twenty five years. In fairness, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, and 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 it is a it's a different. I, I guess if if I was to say what is the new thing that they bring in terms of like the basic setup of the character. It is the it is the the you know the detective angle that that is his you know this is this isn't a very action heavy film he is he is doing detecting um, uh, sometimes not very well uh, <laughs> often if not always not very well um, <laughs> but. but um, yeah, that's that's different and then I, I think that the main difference for me and this is where I don't know if this is why I haven't listened to much of Matt Reeves talking about this movie. Um I wonder whether this is why it's called The Batman because it fit it, this felt like the heaviest Batman movie to me like there is there's barely any Bruce Wayne or like the or the, the difference between the two of them feels so slim um that you know he's be- he's he basically, you know, and and this, I, I think, I can't remember whether the movie is explicit with this or whether it's just very pointed that, like in this, the Batman is him and Bruce Wayne is the facade, and I and I know that is to a degree with with some previous versions, but this felt like the truest form of that. Um, he just he just spent so much of this movie in the mask, and that felt slightly different to me, <laughs> slightly has the word though
3: yeah because i, I I've, I've watched i went and watched the dark knight since in the last week and uh again we can talk about it but that movie is pretty good um but i, I was I, th- I thought it was interesting how they refer they do refer to the character in that movie as the batman they do mm. um so uh, so yeah i i get that the branding does look different you know the movie wasn't called the batman begins or that i guess it was called the dark knight <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> um, um but like yeah i think I, I i think that's a bit of a marketing trick uh you know oh this one's really different because it's it's giving the character a definite article like uh, <laughs> no i mean we did do that. We did no do i that.
2: just wondered if that was one of the reasons they leaned into that because it felt like the batmaniest of the batman movies I think you've been tricked, there, Joe. To say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've been tricked by the brothers Warner. saw <laughs> <laughs> sure the riddle had a hand in it. Okay, um, <laughs> so um, those were our spoiler-filled, uh, spoiler-free—or no, hopefully not spoiler-filled—spoiler-free thoughts on the Batman. Uh, so we'll take a brief break now. Listen to the trailer and come back with our spoiler-filled discussion of Matt Reeves' movie.
1: sky It's not just a call It's a warning it
2: won't be long before you've nothing left
1: i don't care what happens to
0: me it's only gonna get worse for you
5: oh take it easy sweetheart you hear everything they say ain't you?
0: maybe we're not so different who are you under there
2: Okay, so that was the trailer for the Batman. Uh, this is now our spoiler-free, no spoiler-filled. Fuck! God, what's what... wrong with you? I mean, I've, I've getting. getting uh, am <laughs> talking in riddles. Um, yeah, this is our spoiler-filled discussion of the Batman. Um, uh, Joker. What's... Yeah, should we just start with the with the with, with the one thing that feels <laughs> spoilery in this exactly. movie? We're um, here. We're past the. We're Do you past know, the, I. What?
4: I was sitting there at the towards the end of this movie when he got put in Arkham. I was sitting there going like, "Oh fuck! If Wachin Phoenix turns <laughs> up, I'm just gonna leave." Like I was so scared they were gonna really fuck up all this goodwill that had built up. No, it's it's my boy
2: Druid. It's Drewig, baby. Barry, Barry Keegan cameoing as uh, unseen mm. Arkham prisoner, although definitely seen um i did wonder actually build or something right his billing is mad yeah because i because i remember when (laughs) like i'm sure i mentioned that on the podcast previously that he was in this um and i i'd had i'd had this spoiled for me already before i went in um but yeah i wonder whether that this is because it doesn't feel like the movie needs that kind of moment there um I wonder whether there was an impulse to go, look, we're not going to do the Joaquin Phoenix thing, so should we just make it explicit mm. that we're not going to do that?
4: Yeah, although mm. apparently I've seen Matt Reeves talking about it and he, he said there, were, there was actually an earlier scene with that character as well where they like his mm. intention was to try and sort of give the idea of a kind of burgeoning undercurrent of supervillainy kind of rising in Gotham.
2: Um, what sorry a version with Joaquin Phoenix?
4: No, 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 with with uh, Barry Keegan, but more of him threaded throughout the movie. And in the end, right. they thought actually we only need that one cameo.
2: And the, there's there's thugs at the start of the movie, like uh, the the Gotham that they introduce here. It felt very like Arkham video game to me. Um, that
4: that was the touchstone that I came away with. Like mm. quite early on, I was like, "Oh, that was mm. very much like the Arkham games, which I love." So,
2: and uh, but like having like gangs in, in in and around Gotham, like this Gotham is such a shithole. <laughs> it's, it's raining yeah, it's, all the time. It's Glasgow, right? <laughs> it's, half, it's half Glasgow, <laughs> half <laughs> Chicago. I think that's where they that's mm, where well, they filmed okay. this. I time. know where the shitty stuff was filmed. They, um, sorry, so sorry, Glass Glass, region sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean that. Um... Yeah, but they, they had the gang, didn't they? That like had it, right the, for the first Batman encounter that had it had cl- Robin in it, clownish no. kind of makeup. Did it have Robin? Who's Robin? Isn't don't we think that that guy is Robin? Do it. What? Why? No, guys. No,
3: Why? the guy, the guy who's like he gets pushed forward to to, to hit the guy, and then he doesn't. Then he, oh. he pushes the gun away from, and he's also in he's also in Titans as a Robin. I just just to say.
2: Oh, is he? Oh. Like,
3: do you guys not know that uh, no. that's, that could be robin or or signal right james that's the that's a newer robin
4: yeah yeah
3: anyway uh sorry <laughs> i didn't to, i
4: didn't get that from the movie i'll say <laughs> that
3: i've been read i've been reading too many cbr.com uh yeah. Twitter, <laughs> I, I suppose but
2: that's not <laughs> but <laughs> maybe yeah that's that's, that's not something i got from that moment <laughs> in <awesome>. the film <laughs>
3: okay uh, well, let's um, go back to joker and can i can i can i Draw attention. Well, to- sorry, but the point—the point, the point oh. I was
2: making around Joker was that I did wonder at that point, like, "Oh, is that a Joker gang? Is there a Joker mm. already out there in Gotham?" And I guess mm. for him to be in Arkham suggests that the Joker has done something already to get there. Um, indeed, but I was going to—I didn't realize to that. I was doing a Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was
3: going to say because so uh, here is an interesting here is an interesting point. So the gap between. Uh, Batman eighty nine and The Dark Knight, which is um, eighty nine to oh eight, is uh, nineteen years. Mm-hmm. And and if uh, if let's presume that the sequel to this comes out in in two years, which I think is on it's on the docket for twenty twenty four, the gap between The Dark Knight and that will be sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know. Again, it's sort of back to the point about feeling like this Batman and, and Joker and all this shit is, con- is continually in the ether. But actually, that's a very comparable gap between cinematic Batman v Joker stories. I just thought that was interesting and worth uh, bringing to the <laughs> group. And to yeah, our I mean, there was <laughs>
4: there was a movie headlined Joker.
3: A few yeah, but years Batman
4: ago. wasn't in it. That's my That's the that's I the mean, point, Bruce you know? Wayne was in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was a little boy, and he didn't have he didn't yeah. throw any kind of a knife and whack in Phoenix. did not kick him in the face, which I was very yeah, disappointed.
2: Someone's on. forgetting the post the the final scene in uh, the Snyder Cut.
5: <laughs> but they, I, again,
3: yeah. that's why it's it's all in, it's all in the ether. But actually, there hasn't yeah. uh, you know that's I, that that I think also contributes to why Keegan is in the sort of stinger to this, and presumably is in, is going to be the villain in the next one, as opposed to is in the stinger for Batman two and then is in the third one, you know, that's that because also, you know, Joker made a fucking ass load of money and won Oscars. And yeah. there's just, there's something there's just, there just is something, you know, you can deny it all you want, you know, you can laugh it off all you want. And that's what he would like, but there's something about <laughs> the Joker that's so that just plugs into, you know, plugs into the culture in yeah, a, yeah. In a uh, In a really, it's a properly kind of eternal way, not not Chloe Charles eternal. I I wasn't
2: I wasn't fully hyped by this. I thought it went it went on for a bit too long. The actual sequence itself and whatever they were doing with the makeup, the design of the character, I didn't love, but. I could see, and I know Matt Reeves has gone, oh, maybe that won't be the villain in the sequel. Maybe we'll do something else. I'm like, come on, mate. <laughs> mad, um, mad, Yeah, but I could see that, I could see a Barry Keegan Joker and Robert Pattinson's Batman doing the whole, um, not maybe a direct adaptation, but doing the vibe of the killing joke of, mm. he just wants to make this Batman laugh. Because that that does feel like a genuine challenge with this character, <laughs> yeah. you know, more than more than like yeah. this this feels like that that's you know that's that on the page version of Batman who is so serious that he, why so serious he would never crack a smile in front of the Joker. So yeah, I could I could see that working as a dynamic in a movie. So and yeah, and the other the other thing, there's other sort of Joker
3: Batman comment is that. Much is made of the fact that Heath Ledger's, um, you know, minutes on screen in the Dark Knight is kind of is quite limited, actually, um, and and you know, there's been so many comics over the years, just really, you know, sorry, and, and on the Heath Ledger thing, the the minutes he interacts with Batman, you know, I don't even think he ever even he, there's no scene between Bruce Wayne and Joker, right? There's no scene. Their scenes, that they've got a handful of scenes together, and that's it. And then again, you go back to 1989 for the for the so for another cinematic interaction between those two characters. There's something to be said for, you know, let's. What if we really, really dig into that the dynamic between the two of them and spend, you know, fucking another three hours on that, <laughs> or or if it's two, maybe it six hours. That in a way, even though it feels like it's been so hashed, maybe. It hasn't actually that 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 dynamic on screen could could be portrayed in a in kind of a new way, maybe.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say I'd be I'd be there for it. I think I yeah I, really like I Barry think
4: Keegan. I think we've got eighty years of stories that suggest that that well is not yet dry.
3: My biggest issue with the Joker reveal, and it's a huge one, and it makes me sad and makes me cry, is that this means we probably don't get, you know, a, a trilogy of a Druid spin-off from Eternals. <laughs> it makes me... It is a surprise, weak.
4: isn't it? Because you would imagine he would be under contract from Marvel, <laughs> but yeah. maybe they were like, nah, no, you no, can, you can be in the Batman, it's fine.
3: What if, what if this is the way that they're trying to set up like a Marvel versus DC movie in 10 years? That, that Keegan is your kind of your nexus point. Keegan is your nexus being. Hey, hey! Think about
2: it. (laughs) Feels unlikely, but we'll keep it out there. Okay, so that's that was the that was the kind of like little Easter egg at the end of the movie. Um, Let's talk about the rest of the movie, uh, which there's a lot of it. Um, I I I wanted to start off by addressing what I thought this film was about. and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you guys my take, and you, you know, you tell me whether you think uh, this is bullshit or you had a different read or whatever. <laughs> but I kind of like I I've seen lots of people talking about this film feeling really finchery and being Zodiac inspired and Seven, and I just didn't see that. I don't like. I, I don't feel like this has ever been the tone of a fincher movie um i feel like seven is much lighter on its feet zodiac is is like yeah there's a there's a there's a serial killer but you know by by the nature of it being a zodiac movie we we never or we probably never meet him you know that's like it i i don't know i just i i just was really struggling to see that connected tissue I um,
4: I think people are concentrating a bit on the aesthetic there rather than the you
2: know But even the aesthetically psychology. like I, I I don't know like this like I said like it's a it's a neo noir like and it it, it that's I, I don't feel like Fincher has made a neo noir unless I'm like a at, at seven is the closest but yeah yeah Any, anyway um what I for me this felt closer to like i saw that I, I saw on the wikipedia someone had um had referenced maybe it was john tittero saying that he had based his performance on a character from Chinatown and that was a movie that that i was struck by when i was watching this because i felt like that that if there was something thematically on this film's mind it wasn't the batman and the riddler stuff it was it was Gotham as this kind mm-hmm. of microcosm of American corruption and, um, and and this kind of like, like the this the cesspool that like uh, the overrun from the American dream. Like this is this is what America actually has wrought. You know, it's this horrendous social inequality and you know um and corruption and you know and and like it influence of the worst of society at the you know it going right down to the center of the american um mm-hmm. uh, uh, political system and i thought that there were like very pointed moments in this particularly the the assassination of uh carmine um which plays out like ruby shooting lee harvey oswald like and and to the point that he's a you know it like it
4: felt like one criminal assassinated by
2: another well one criminal assassinated by another except he isn't what he's actually assassinated by is like a hidden sniper in a second story room (laughs) across the road like Mm. it, it felt like a direct nod to that and you know, obviously, the JFK assassination. There is there is so much uh, wrapped up in the JFK assassination around like you know the corruption, the corruption of this you know uh, revered political figure who maybe had mob links and maybe you know was was up mm-hmm. to stuff that he shouldn't have been and you know like in a very Thomas Wayne kind of way, right? That actually did these people have dirt on him? Because he'd been banging movie stars and you know <laughs> and hanging around with people he shouldn't have been, and that gave them leverage, and ultimately you know it, it led to his death. If if you you know those conspiracy theories are to be believed, and then I also thought that the final sequence in Gotham Square Gardens with the floodwater coming in felt very Hurricane Katrina to me with the uh, with the Superdome in New Orleans, and like I think you know one of for better or worse, the, like the defining image of that kind of culturally is Kanye West and Mike Myers stood <laughs> in front of a, <laughs> a, of a camera and Kanye West saying George Bush hates black people.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, and, and, and again, the, the social inequality that had led to, and, you know, the, the lack of, the lack of um, investment and structure in that city that, had you know, yes, it was a natural disaster, but it was, you know, it crippled the city. Um, and I, I again, I don't, I, I haven't read anything. I don't know if those are direct references, but the thing that I kept coming back to, and that's why the thing that, about this movie that was the most interesting to me, was the kind of the the power structure under the surface in Gotham. And I did find the Carmine reveal kind of underwhelming, um, but I also liked the setup that it left for future movies of just now there is a you know. Now there's a oh, void that needs to be well, filled. Yeah,
4: so so that's what the spin-off TV series is actually going to be about. It's about Penguin attempting to fill that void, from what I've read.
2: Okay. Well, I, I, I da- don't
4: know how interested I am in that, <laughs> especially which one
2: got cancelled. Like, wasn't the two, Wasn't the two series and one it was cancelled? it was
4: the Gotham Gotham PD one that got cancelled and the, the Yeah, that that sounds like the good one. The that's peng- the interesting the one. one. The Penguin one is going ahead. What was the Go- What was the
2: Gotham Police one going to be?
4: Uh, I don't know. I think they they never actually got so as far as doing it. I think they just sort of said, yeah, we're probably going to do a Gotham spin spinoff. And then they read Gotham Central
3: and went, this should be a
4: What, what they actually did was did this Penguin one instead of that. Okay. So it wasn't like there were two. It was just that this is the one that emerged.
2: Does Colin Farrell really want to be in that makeup for a TV yeah, show where who he's knows? the lead? <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe
2: like
3: the opening scene is like a montage where he like is at the gym or like yeah.
2: is explosion? and he emerges
3: he's like oh i guess i look like this now i guess i look like this now hey eh, boys
4: but just uh just to go back to your point
3: yes i think Thank
4: you. i think <laughs> i think you're right no. the, the the film is about that stuff like it that's that's the kind of thing that i took away from it as well is like matt reeves trying to use a batman film to explain like why why don't things always get better why are they sometimes getting worse um,
2: and this is a, this is a guy who would have developed this movie during the <laughs> during, during the Trump during, during the Trump yeah. presidency yeah
4: yeah and i think, I think it's think, yeah. it's very uh light in its in touching on those themes like it could have been a lot more explicit and i think it's it's probably better Better for not tying it to Trump and being a bit more general.
2: Yes, no, I definitely agree. Having a Trump standing in this movie would have been a bad idea, but <laughs> I, yeah. I like I, I liked the huge, idea. Huge of... riddles, <laughs> riddle me this. You huge. know, you know, in, in in a society where you have that, you know, and this is why I think it's specifically American. Not that america has the most fucked system because you know we're not in much better shape here yeah. but this i uh, think i think for matt reeves this is a specifically american thing you know that's a country who when he's making this film you know potentially had it had its elections hat as far as finding out that all of these different influences you know even in the best of times not under trump right like the the power that the nra wields and other lobbying groups and you know some of the ideas that perm- that that managed to find their way into washington and some of the stuff that that you know like said, uh, you some, know. some of those national scandals I, mm-hmm. I i thought it was interesting that the movie had so much of that in there and then does talk about stuff like you know the inequality and uses batman's privilege as a way to explore that as well as like a yeah. counterpoint and like how he could have been blind to some of this before now as well Well, like you go
4: even, you know, you go back to like Tammany Hall and the like unions and stuff in the early part of the 20th century and the, you know, it's all, it's the kind of American political system that has always existed. Right. And it's just a fictionalized version of that. And I think it's not an accident that it, you know, there are, as you say, so many parallels all over the place. For me, the the film that kept springing to mind actually was Motherless Brooklyn. Have you seen that?
2: No, no.
4: It's a very a similar sort of two and a half hour plus detective yarn that tries to investigate corruption in New York and tries to say like, you know, it, it starts off with a girl getting murdered and this, you know, gumshoe is basically trying to figure out why she had been killed. And it just, you know, it keeps snowballing and it goes all the way to the top and, you know, to the corruption at the heart of the political system. And I was watching um, it going like this is I love that film and I love this film for the same reasons because it's tackling the same issues just happens this time has batman in it. <laughs>
3: Can I offer a counterpoint? <laughs> um, the counterpoint is just that uh, I, I am mean, you're not wrong but that this this stuff is in the Nolan movies, you know, it's it and it maybe the strokes are broader. But I think about you know when you reference Joe the Hurricane Katrina sort of re- reference in the in this in the concluding sequence tableau, which I agree with. But you know, I actually don't think that that com- compares with the kind of you know the Batman billowing cape in The Dark Knight, looking looking at the, um, the, the after um, after Rachel Dawes gets blown up, you know, then he sort of looks at that New York City esque uh exploded. You know, that and that's that's such a nine eleven that's such nine eleven imagery, it's 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 so yes. it's so linked. And, and 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 you know the the stuff about political corruption and uh, you know stuff about Bruce's privilege. Like I just think this this kind of this comes back to my initial point that not, it's not you're not wrong that this is in this movie and probably more than in those movies, yes. But you know what is you know the whole Bane storyline in the third one what that as a that as a sort of that is a quite a quite a textually inherently political point that he's he's making with that with that set of characters um, and he doesn't he's not shying away from that. Um, what wait what what is
2: he making there, Nolan? It's a bit
3: it's a you know it's about. Anonymous,
4: right? That was, is
2: no, that it's what o- it was Occupy. It's the Occupy, Occupy movement. Occupy. Occupy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: it's
4: about how awful the Occupy movement is. Well, sure, but you know, it's it's a, it is a point
3: of view, and uh... <laughs> I, I
2: and for for me, this is the, the, the this is distinctly different. I think Nolan has some politics in his movies. I think it's extremely clumsily deployed in that trilogy. And like, and I, I'm not saying here that I prefer the Batman to those movies because. Uh, you know i i like lots of things about those as, as well but i think the stuff that that nolan was weaker at this film is stronger at i think it's i think it's much stronger with its depiction of of gotham and people who live live in gotham as a whole because i think yeah i i don't think nolan ever really figured out what the average person in gotham city <laughs> he certainly thought, thought about things or reacted to things and the way he kind of like made broad generalizations to try and depict what the heart and soul of Gotham really was contradicted itself from movie to movie
4: i was gonna say the stuff with the police like went back and forth from they are a corrupt army to they are the heroes of the city Uh, yeah between three films and it was just like what do you really think man
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and like for me all of that stuff about privilege or inequality is really surface level in the dark knight franchise because I think it's doing other stuff and I think it's doing other stuff better. I think specifically mm-hmm. like as a as a broad commentary on why America is fucked. <laughs> I think <laughs> this this film does a lot better. And also, you know, I think, you know, it's in, it's inherent to its point as well that it lands on at the end of Yuan I like and and I think that this is probably I think I'm going to guess this is something that James likes about this. I think that the answer this movie comes up with is you're not going to solve this with just another cop. You're not going to you know you're not you're not, not going to get to the bottom of this with just going out there and and trying to like brute force the problem away. There needs there needs to be other alternatives and there needs to be mm-hmm. another strategy. And being vengeance is not the answer. So I think on the on that broad thematic level, I think the movie is successful, but also. I kinda think that's one I think it's successful in like half of the movie and in the riddler side of things where I, I think it's a bit clumsier on the riddler side, personally, <laughs> with with what it's trying to do and certainly the kind of riddler army that pops up at the end. <laughs> I was I was less taken with all of that.
4: yeah agreed Um, so (laughs) (laughs) you're right one of the things that i think about now like before we saw it like no one was shouting louder about how awful it was to have made a three-hour movie (laughs) than me (laughs) and yet when i actually got into the film i sort of think it makes sense like it's it's the kind of film that you really you need to immerse yourself in and you need to spend a lot of time in. You, like, it needs to feel like you understand and have lived in that city. And to some extent, that means making it slow and spending a lot of time with the characters and locations and, you know, sort of slowly unravelling it for yourself.
2: Um like I think i he could have. Say, I, I, I saw have it. Still shaved off half an hour. But...
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have, but I. It's not the sort of film where I go. I, you know, I sent. I spent half an hour that bored. The only, the only part for me where I was thinking, you know, and bearing in mind that I've seen it twice. The only part where I was really thinking, like, do we need this much of this, was the sort of disaster sequence at the end. Part of me thinks if they would ended it after Falcone died and just done a really quick wrap up mm. after that, it would have been hands down like a perfect movie.
2: And it feels like it ends maybe three or four times in that sequence as well. And then something else yeah. happens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you think part of that, James, is that they are, do you think that they're setting up a No Man's Land set up for the next movie? Uh, I did
2: and wonder, because... Need, need to deal with that, with that shit.
4: <laughs> the, like, the geography of Gotham in this movie is very interesting, because <laughs>
2: apparently... Explain that to our <laughs> listeners as well, what No Man's Land is, slash, yeah, so... explain that to your co-host.
4: So, No Man's Ooh. Land is a movie where, a movie, a Batman storyline oh, where there's an earthquake that basically totals Gotham, and the US government sort of says, well, that place is a shithole. It's full of criminals. It's probably better if we just leave it. And so they essentially just fence Gotham off and they es- say they escape
2: from New York. It,
4: yeah, 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 basically, yeah, yeah, great. Um, and, and it's a bit, it's a, it's James, it's a bit,
3: it's a bit like the setup in the second or the last third of The Dark Knight Rises. It's a yeah, bit like yeah. that. But you know, I wonder whether that that's still that you know that's um, that's fertile ground. For yeah, the, I mean, this room's run
4: it's tough right because part of me thinks having seen again the second time i saw it i i actually thought differently of the ending because the first time i was like oh, okay maybe they're doing a no man's land thing but actually i think the purpose of the flood is is metaphorical it's more, a bit more than that. anything and it's it's more to say like you know the the streets are being washed clean in a literal uh, sense
3: i agree but also i'm going to predict that we in 18 months <laughs> new story just in the batman 2 will be called the batman no man's land <laughs> <laughs> you could see it you could see it right
4: maybe is uh, the scale of the destruction at the end of this movie it's hard to look at it and and think anything more than how do they get a city back from this like the whole thing is what like 40 feet underwater and also how many people must have died? Also, yeah. why did you build a city with a seawall holding back? <laughs> <laughs> Part of me wonders also if maybe <laughs> maybe the reason it got so badly flooded is just because it's raining all the time.
2: Yes. <laughs> it, was it was already raining, it was such a base level. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> but um you know, as in a metaphorical sense, I, I kind of liked the, the imagery of having the flood and having them mm. on top of the Gotham Square Garden at the end. Um, And, par- like, partially, I think the purpose of that sequence was to... Like, it was justifiable. It wasn't just a, let's do something that's a big spectacle at the end. It was kind of, we need Robert Pattinson's Batman to understand that... To get wet. <laughs> to and go more, for a little swim. To understand that he's not just, like, a, you know, blunt weapon against crime. Like, he he actually has to do more and has to be a hero. And like, Ooh. there's that brilliant image of him, like sort of waist deep in the water with a flare, like leading people out of the darkness and out of danger. And that for me is like, that's the takeaway statement about the character in this is like, Oh, this is a Batman who isn't making himself the enemy of people to try hmm. and try and, you know, draw fire towards himself. Cause he's got a death wish like he's someone who who has the the power and the resources to help mm. and therefore is going to like it was such, for me a- it was a real good statement mm. about the character that, mm. that takes you know the Nolan and Snyder views of like this sort of tortured twisted guy who just wants to mm. you know beat the guy who killed his parents but can't and and makes it into something a bit more classically heroic and more recognizably batman for me. Mm. Interesting.
3: I you know I I wonder whether and, and I wonder whether the movie starts with the kind of Nolan setup if you will, you know all that <laughs> you know, all that dialogue at the beginning after the riddler prologue, I guess it's a prologue, you know, where he's like fear is a tool. <laughs> and you know, the, the bit with the guy gets hit by the car cuz he's looking to, I I mean I love that, but he's looking to the alley and sort of you're just imagining that Batman is there in the alley. Yeah, yeah. The whole I really you know, like. Not a signal. I thought that yeah, sig- that, was, was that was great. But, but, the, I, but perhaps James, what you're saying is that that is. I mean, that is part of that is part of Batman. Yes, but maybe the the kind of previous version, the Nolan version, is that's that's the dominant concept. Whereas actually, by the end of this movie, there's that still, but then there's also the, there's also Batman as a as a visible kind of yeah. hero leader, you know, uh, to yeah. the public.
4: And also, yeah. like it's really, it's sort of it's on the different. nose. It's on the nose how they do it, where they have their sort of Riddler, you know, acolyte say, "I'm vengeance," and like you get the shot of him almost literally realizing, like, "Oh, like anyone who goes around saying they're vengeance is probably nuts." Maybe I mm-hmm. shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> just define <laughs> myself by that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't
3: like that. I didn't like the vengeance thing. I thought that was a way of <laughs> not to scatter around, but like. I don't know whether that was a wave because I didn't want him to say I'm Batman because that that felt like a too recent a thing. So he he calls himself a different thing, and it's the word Vengeance. He but, only but says why? I don't get it.
4: He only says I'm Vengeance once in the movie, and then everyone else is going like, "Oh, it's Mister Vengeance over there." It's like, does he just go around saying that to everyone? <laughs> but the, but also, it's not like in the
3: you know, it's not like it's one of those movies where where I'm trying to think of an example but I can't right now. Where you know, it's only at the end of the Origin story movie that. That that his the character name kind of gets said right. It's yeah. in the in the world in the movie he is Batman or the Batman or whatever he is called that. Yeah. But Then characters refer to him as Vengeance, and he refers to himself as Vengeance, and very few characters seem to refer to him as Batman. You know, I know the Riddler writes to the Batman on his letter. Oh, I not I, I just
2: didn't. I didn't I say this. I didn't say this at all. <laughs> <laughs> he was just he was saying, Vengeance is my business, basically. And mm. then and that and that was striking fear, and that yeah, he was called Batman, and everyone was calling him Batman. um, what do we think of Robert Pattinson? Good. <laughs> He's
4: good. I was surprised by how sort of straight down the line it was. I was expecting something a bit bolder, but actually it it is straight down the line,
2: but it was what I was saying about I think Pattinson has shown us enough in his other performances that you're like. That there is the, and I think this is a great eye performance. Like I think he, I think he does great <laughs> eye work. Like he doesn't if, have much, much choice. Does but it? if other Batmen have done good chin work, I think he does great <laughs> eye work. And <laughs> especially, you know, when he takes off the mask and the the kind of the the Robert Smith eyes. And but I, I just think like there is there is this kind of, and he and when he doesn't have the mask on as well, there is this sense of like. I'm sure that there were a couple of points in the movie where people who have already encountered him. I think that it was the the bit at the funeral. Um, I thought that this with, was the game. Um, the, the bit at the fun- nope. funeral with Gordon and oh, with the boy and Falcone. Uh, yeah. Well, no, but with Falcone and the kid and hmm. uh, but there was there was a few. Yeah, the boy knows. The boy. There was a it, few different people know, that knows, looked at him, and and I, and I hmm. just thought it was like it was this kind of like. This just like world weary heaviness behind the eyes that that was the same whether he was Batman or Bruce Wayne, and at the end as well when he knocks at or knocks on the door of towards the end when he knocks on the door of Falcon's Club as Bruce Wayne,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and the I, and I'd like those twins on the door felt like that they were kind of like, huh, uh, okay, why why does this feel weird? <laughs> um, because I, because I think he just, he has, he has that just like, just it, like I said, it's a moroseness. He has this morose intensity to him, um, that I, that I think really works and works as a like, as a very specific take on the character. Um, but I like that it is just kind of like really consistent and you can see him sometimes trying to fight against it and maybe show a bit more or be a bit more and he can't quite do it
3: (laughs) (laughs) i also think you know he hasn't led a major film since the twilight movies really a major hollywood film i want to say i think um and those films are wrapped up in all their own stuff and i think he was i think he you know you can watch those now and you can just in that, on that, on that really deep the sort of not not deep actually really surface level or, or or instinctive level where the the performer appears on screen and as your eye is your eye drawn to them are you interested in what they are doing on camera and in the scene and I think that that doesn't necessarily you know doesn't necessarily hit all the way through those four movies but you watch this and he is compelling and your eyes are drawn to him and he's just got that movie star thing and I think that's I agree with you Joe. I agree with you Joe about the depth of the performance and you know the, his his take on it I agree with all that but also I think it's good because he's just he's got that thing you know not not everybody has very few people have mm-hmm. um, and he can carry you know both when he's in a suit uh, sorry uh, you know uh, uh, a shirt and tie and, uh, normal civilian clothing but also kind of Fascinatingly when he's in the when he's he's in the batsuit even maybe more so, he just ca- he just carries your attention for three hours and that's uh that's uh very few people can do that. And he, he does that in this, I think. And, I think
4: um, uh, I think probably part of what makes that version of the character work is that he is sort of impenetrable. Like you really want to know what's going on under the surface. He's hmm. he's sort of giving nothing away in that sense. Like you get the occasional, the only bits where he really feels honest is when he's with Alfred. And you can see that he's sort of angry and, you know, emotionally bruised or later on, like, scared. But the rest of the movie, it's really hard to tell what's going on in his mind. My only, cri- my only
3: criticism of the performance, and we can get to it, is and maybe this is my own expectation because I'd read the Tom King comics, but I just wanted more from the
2: relationship, romantic uh, dynamic between him and okay, Catwoman. So I Ooh. think that those two are great together. I think Zoe Kravitz is really go- good. I just don't. I, I just think it's it's something that this movie doesn't have. Ironically, enough time to mm. devote to and or, or or it doesn't it doesn't want to go that far because this version of the batman isn't it, it isn't kind of emotionally ready to open up yet so i could i could see a future where you're getting that delivered Reese. but i, I again i thought it was great how it yeah, kind that. of like it was it was like under the surface sexy like i think my favorite moment in the film is when um, putting in the uh, putting in the content <laughs> lens that bit? No, it's when <laughs> um, it's when <laughs> uh, uh, Selina has broken into the mayor's house to, mm-hmm. to to rob the safe, and then the security guard or whatever mm-hmm. comes up, or the cop comes up, and they have to hide, and they hide around the corner, and Batman kind of pulls her in close to him and has his like you know his his hands across her chest, holding her down. And they're both breathing really heavily while trying to keep quiet. And then they start breathing in rhythm. And it is this really intimate kind of like unbroken 10, 20 second shot of the two of them just, you know, as close as they can be, breathing like in perfect rhythm, like two people fucking would. And (laughs) um, and it's this, it's this real, I, I thought it was this really great, intense moment for two characters for two actors who I thought had chemistry throughout the film Mad it just, chemistry. It, just yeah. it just didn't it just didn't go as far with it as as Reece, I, I can imagine you wanted it to go <laughs> I wanted them to kiss more do more of the kissing It did kiss like twice um, though I think
5: Well I think it's
3: just the once isn't it I think we got two kisses Anyway, whatever. If it's one or two, I want it to be one hundred or two hundred. You know, that's where I am on the kissing. It's funny. Uh, I've, never, just I've the... never been
2: mad like, like I've never been bowled over by Zoe Kravitz. But I watched this and Kimmy within like a fortnight of each other, and thought she was like mm. super great in both of those. Um, so maybe I need to go back and reassess. Maybe I need to watch that High Fidelity series, um, <laughs> which which people which people fucking love, by the way. Yeah, people
3: love that show. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, ov- obviously she is preternaturally beautiful, and has like these insane genetics um, with with what um, <laughs> with her parents that have led to that. But um, yeah, I think I think this is a really, I mean, this is a really robust performance for a character who who doesn't have that much going on. But I think she she brings enough to like she has she she has a. You know, she has a clear subplot, which is her friend has been killed, and she is kind of she is vengeance too, right? That's <laughs> that's that's part of uh, that's part of his journey. Is like if he can if he if he can stop her becoming vengeance, then maybe he can learn that he shouldn't be here as well. See, hmm. Reece, it all keeps coming back this vengeance stuff. God oh,
3: damn it, this movie's <laughs> deep as hell. Wow, these guys are so smart right I love it.
2: <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I I thought she was really good. How does she know how to fight so good? What do you mean? She's cat. She's
4: Catwoman, man.
3: I just thought it was like he can do. He's fighting and he's doing all the fights and he's got a suit. And then all of a sudden she's like wah, 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 doing all the crazy stuff. I just yeah, I don't know. This is. Of, she,
4: but it,
2: she, it, also, she <laughs> But she isn't. She isn't as. She isn't as skilled as him because she does get hmm. overpowered by Carmine, um, and I I sure. thought that that was this was kind of a like. Um, origin like a comment on someone who has had to live on the bottom live at the bottom mm. and has had to figure out ways to stay alive and that she has sometimes done that with her sexuality and sometimes done it sometimes with...
4: learned kung fu and yeah
2: and and, mm. and, and and learned how to protect herself
4: it, i mean even asking that question is some fucking nolan shit like how did do, how does she fight <laughs> hey <laughs> it's, a, it's a super it's a superhero movie that's the genre like the fighting no, is a metaphor okay. But how but, does she fight? But,
3: hold on, hold on. Hey, listen. But, she got listen, trained want, by fucking monks. Is that, that what you want side. to hear? We're on, <laughs> we're on the same side. We're on. The, but my okay, fine. I hear you. But you know, also, what you don't have with her character is a sort of non, a kind of a mad Halle Berry or Michelle Pfeiffer costume. You know, there's a there's a grounded element, especially with her to her to the look, and so you've got to be. I think as 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 filmmakers of these movies, that's that's that. That's that line you have to kind of carefully tread, right? Where the more grounded you make them, which is which was what Nolan did, then that leaves. I think it's okay for an audience to be like, oh, okay, I guess this is the real world. But <laughs> if it's the real world, question one, question two, question three, and you know, there are times when this movie is. Well, the whole movie is very stylized, but I, I, I just, I'm just saying, I did have. You know, she she doesn't ha- she doesn't sort of have a proper superhero costume. She's got that little bandana thing, which has some slight.
5: Points in years, yeah.
3: But but I'm and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologise, (laughs) Mister Hunt, for just therefore (laughs) thinking. Oh, this is this character is styled and sort of portrayed as a quote unquote normal person, and so how can she do those kicks? I'm not (laughs) apologising
4: for that. I'm not. I I just think be guided by the aesthetics rather than the practicalities.
2: I did want I did want her to get a better mask by the end of the movie.
3: Perhaps a pair of goggles that you can turn upwards onto your head, and it looks like cat ears. Maybe that's pretty good. Cool. That's pretty cool. I,
2: right? did, no, I, did, I did like that. This felt like a return to the to the to the more Burtony. Like we're, we're not going to try and pretend this is a real city. We are. You know, it needs to function as a city, but it it's like it doesn't make sense in like in in a real world. It's kind of like its own little comic book universe where. Yes, there is a blood haven up the road, but this is Gotham, and that's all you need to know. All you need to know is what's happening in Gotham. Forget about the other stuff. And I liked that there, there was that lack of trying to, yeah, explain the entire world to you and how everything worked and why this character would be wearing goggles that made it look like it, you know, made it look like ears. I, I liked all but, I liked all that stuff a lot more. That it just that it I, it felt, yeah, I it, like there was an intention but- to Gotham.
3: However, but it's not you know it's for all of the for all of the Snyder bashing it's not it's not it doesn't have the heightened sense of those movies it doesn't even look like um, you know Birds of Prey I'm thinking of that that movie you, you almost feel like you're in you're in the Gotham I can't I think that movie's saying Gotham you're in the sort of you're in the Gotham that Harley Quinn sees you know it's a very you're in her head for that movie uh, so yeah I go back to you're right it's more it's a bit more like Shoot like before but it's 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 still quite grounded it, i don't know it is for, for me my experience watching this was was quite grounding you know the Batmobile is sort of just a there's a sort of muscle car with a big old with a thing on the back and Batman is his costume is you know the the or the thing with this little sort of sword plate that maybe is not a melted down gun that killed his parents or whatever in his chest like it's it's not
2: it's. I like. Open... I liked that they didn't explicitly go into that. By the way. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <told> you that. <laughs> didn't need that explaining to me. I'd forgotten that until he unclipped it, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I remember when we talked about that. <laughs> um, and that, 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 that." We have
3: to assume that that is that that, that is exactly what it was always what it was always rumored to be. Yeah, Just yeah,
2: yeah. No, definitely def- say it in the movie. Definitely, that he, that he's he's the kind of goth that would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I, I guess let, let's talk about the Riddler last because I think he's the kind of most disconnected element. Um, Jeffrey Wright, I thought was fine, um, kind of fun, ah, kind of functional uh, for all of his screen time. You know, I mean, like,
4: he the thing is, he's Jeffrey Wright, and he's so magnetic and brilliant with yeah, yeah. nothing. So I re- I really liked him and. His interactions with Bruce, like just the, the little sort of powwows they kept having, the little chats where, you know, the, the sequence where he's like, you know, you're acting like a dickhead, but I need to get you out of here. So I'm going to be nice. Like just the, the uncorruptibility of that character and the trust they had between them. Yeah, but I think I, yeah, you this, need someone like Jeffrey Wright to sell. But
3: it's, it's it's off it's off the shelf shit, and Jeffrey Wright's doing off the shelf Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's, it's still so great. We've seen this. We've <laughs> I would say, we've seen it. I
2: don't have anything negative to say about it, but I feel like you could pop that. You know, you could pop that Jeffrey Wright Gordon into the Nolan movies, and it not it not feel hugely different. That's fair. Because i um, you know, I think Gary Gary Oldman's doing a, you know a solid job in those as well. Um yeah, not, nothing Nothing. Why are you
3: laughing? He is doing a solid job. <laughs>
2: um, He's good in those. Don't you dare. Who don't else? Don't
3: you dare. He's yeah, good. solid. <laughs> he fakes his death and his wife slaps him. She's so upset. Yes, I did watch The Dark Knight last week, so it's in my mind.
2: Um, we've got um, Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. Um, guess... <laughs> that, that is the
4: one performance where I was just like... I'm not buying this even slightly.
2: I did like um and hopefully future guest Sam Clements tweeted something about like with Andy Serkis in the Batman, I really hope that this means that Matt Reeves will be playing Venom's, <laughs> Venom's butler in the next Venom movie. <laughs>
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) when i when i saw it with anna she was like he he feels like he's about to try and sell you some fucking bootleg vibranium or something Mm
2: -hmm. i did i i didn't mind him i just i thought that this movie didn't really feel like it needed alfred and actually when they did the the like the alfred nearly dying scene i was like Mm -hmm oh yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense that he would be dead already. That he would die in the first movie. That would yeah. that would make sense. And then they didn't do it. And I thought that that was certainly the way that that sequence was staged. I think that's the messiest part plot-wise in the movie. That, that A... Ri- <laughs> a bomb blows up in his face and he's alive. <laughs> a, well, a a, a, a bomb blows up in his face and he's alive. B, I'm not sure why he needed to still be alive other than he's... He's Alfred. Uh, he's <laughs> Alfred. And then the whole, st- so, yeah, the, then whole the whole combat. stuff with the Riddler picking off people and being very, very deliberate and like not giving anyone any wiggle room that they could survive these situations. Apart from Bruce Wayne. So that <laughs> so that there can be some kind of like so there can be a twist at the end where we think he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but actually he doesn't. Then, well okay so then that doesn't make sense why he didn't just kill bruce rather than mm. yeah i mean yeah, all the send, send, are in like, sending a package to his house yeah. that probably wouldn't have killed yeah, him anyway exactly.
4: yeah. And they the just going, like, oh, gonna... well,
2: didn't work. I'll just carry on with the rest of my schemes.
3: Yeah, We put him in a suit and, a, and rats will eat his body. Or like, oh, we've constructed an elaborate game and he's in like a Chinese finger trap. Or like, yeah, versus, oh, we'll send him a bomb in the post. <laughs> I
2: guess. This must be opened by this person, <laughs> what I am trying to kill. Yeah. I did like the I did like the the <laughs> the um the intercutting of that of that sequence uh, where
3: yes. he, he, he's he's back and it's sort of the bomb's already gone off I really I did like I that, liked that but
2: <laughs> then I thought that that felt it felt weird to then undermine that by being like ah uh, and there he is in hospital like what <laughs> what do you mean there he is in hospital what uh, did, did you guys read that
3: I I think there I, I well I feel like I read a headline maybe it's on com, <laughs> um <laughs> saying that uh there's a cut, you know, an earlier version of the movie, not not the script, but the movie. It has him dying in that sequence, um, which, if true, uh, would make sense. <laughs> I
4: mean, I can I can sort of understand like why they didn't do that because it's it's the kind of thing where if Batman's surrogate father dies before he's had a chance to reconcile his, you know, feelings towards that character. it just always feels like a loss. Like you can't, you can't win the movie if Alfred dies under those circumstances. And sort of like the reason, the reason that relationship with Alfred is there is to show you Bruce Wayne sort of coming to terms with, you know, his sort of personal feelings towards other people. And his mm. his realization that vengeance isn't the only thing that he can live for. Yeah,
3: although Cat, cat Catwoman can can act in that,
4: <clears throat> yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, but
3: if if we, it, if we presume that he Alfred might have been killed in this movie, I think Catwoman can act
2: as that. Yeah, uh, yeah. As but as it feels less specifically
4: yeah. like sexual if it's Alfred as well.
2: Well, I, <laughs> I he wants to fuck Alfred for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this is one of those examples of a comic book movie feeling like it has to have a certain thing or do a certain thing and it being to the film's detriment. Because if this wasn't a Batman movie, the Alfred character wouldn't need to exist. It would make sense that you've got this loner in a mansion. And actually maybe you could have done something slightly more interesting with Carmine that, you know, that, that
4: he was the surrogate father. Yeah. Yeah. That there was, was there
2: was more of an explicit relationship there and that Bruce Mm -hmm. always held back slightly, you know, when it came to Carmine versus everyone else, because, Carmine helped out his dad back in the day and his, you know, hmm. and 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 then instead we get we get two exposition dumps, one from one from Carmine and one from Alfred, yeah. Alfred. and you're like, well did we <sighs> I, I, yeah, again, <laughs> all, of, all of that felt at that point in the movie a bit clumsy in terms of the way that it had been seeded out. I did like what it was doing thematically with Thomas Wayne to go, look dude wasn't necessarily a bad guy but even the good guys make mistakes sometimes and he made a mistake that you know was was very huge and and costly to him um but actually also weirdly the biggest mistake he made was the one that he thought was you know like his greatest benevolence. Like he sets up the criminals in Gotham for life without realizing it. And I I, (laughs) I did like that as well, that there could be this, you know, sometimes even the best intentions, you know, in in, the best intentions in a corrupt system will, will, will still fall on deaf ears. And I did, I I liked that within it.
4: Shall I tell you what I liked about that? Is that it answers the question of why doesn't Bruce Wayne give all his money to charity?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i wonder if that was specifically why it was
4: there because <laughs> his dad did and it made yeah the, the it's not red last. it's not gonna <laughs> stop the tweets going around every six months but i appreciate the it tweets or the, or the tweets do you say the tweets the tweets you know the the tweet right. about like why is batman beating up the mentally ill instead of oh, okay, donating okay, his okay. money to charity this is why right because if he donated it to charity it would get stolen by the mob
3: <laughs> what a wonderful world we yeah. we live in <laughs>
2: Okay. Um, and, and another slightly, I don't know, a slightly odd presence in this movie is Colin Farrell's Penguin. Yes! <laughs> Who, he's fun! He's fun, but he kind of like, he exists off to the side. He's kind of like the first face <laughs> of the Gotham Underworld that we meet. Um, and it's not for a while that we realise that actually he's one of the smaller fry rather than the, the big dude. Um, it's not for a while that you would realise that that's Colin Farrell if you didn't know that the casting... Not for a while. That, I don't think at, at any point, yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a couple of times when he said something where I was like, oh, I can I can avoid kind of... Avoid. Or like maybe certain ways that his face would consort and I was like, oh yeah, that I, I can kind of see Colin Farrell under there for a split second. Um, but yeah, this this felt like... I, d- I, I, I don't know, this feels weird to me because you are you are kind of spending a movie where there there isn't any massive integral function for the penguin to play in this so you're spending a movie kind of depicting the next big crime guy but ultimately we know he's the penguin and even if the penguin is a, be- a big batman villain mm. he's never he's never going to be the coolest batman villain and you're not going to be kind of like scared of what mm. the penguin's going to become well, I mean, a counterpoint to that is that you know the
3: the I think what this movie I think that again it's a bit of a needle thread, but you know, Conor Farrell is in this. He's it, the, the role. He's fun in the role. The role is small. He does what he he does what he does. Um, but I kind of you know I think the I think that the paint, that he, he is being set up as a sort of a proper villain for the you know for maybe the show and then a the couple of movies. Uh, and you've got a great—you know—you've got a great actor in a kind of a compelling. You know, he's fun. He's he's funny. He's, he's 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 he's. You are you are drawn to him in this film, I think. And so you've got a good foundation. You just need to give him something to do, and and you know, there's lots of there's lots of great Penguin stories in the comics where the Penguin is. You know, the Danny DeVito penguin looms so large across any depiction of the penguin or any penguin story. But actually, there's loads of there's 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 loads of good stories about the penguin where he's a proper threat and and properly a a dark character and a proper kind of counterpart villain to Batman that we haven't really seen in the movie. We definitely haven't seen the movies or the TV shows. That I think you've got the foundation from this film to kind of to go
4: into. The the DeVito Penguin is kind of like an aberration. A bit, well, it's right? it's he's like formed... the sixties Batman mm. meshed with mm. this Tim Burton aesthetic, like that. Mm. That character doesn't really exist in that form in the comics. Mm. Like he's more of a crime boss, and I think is it um, Long Halloween that makes quite a lot of him as a crime boss. Maybe
2: I mean I have it, I have encountered him in other places, and obviously in the games as well. But I, I don't know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a real good job to get me like super excited about the penguin as a as a major figure. Um and, and also like yeah, I liked know. I liked Colin Farrell's I liked him in that first kind of scene in the nightclub. Um and I thought he became very functional after that. And I do just sure. find the whole Colin Farrell casting mm-hmm. to put him in that in that costume, in that... I'm assuming it's makeup. I, I find it strange. Um, and his performance, like, I love Colin Farrell. I I normally am so in the tank for him. I thought that the longer this film came on, it became like a uh, De Niro in The Untouchables riff. Like, he... Mm-hmm. he, he yep. And... I mean that's quite a hammy performance from De Niro. <laughs> and This <laughs> this I think is more is more so because it's an Irish guy, you know, putting on that accent. Uh, yeah, I, I I remain unsold on Penguin moving forward. Oz, the great and powerful Oz. I would
3: I'd be I'd be if not for the if not for Farrell. That's the only thing that that I think you know, you know, Conor Farrell is a, has turned into a really interesting actor who makes really interesting choices. And I kind of think him and Matt Reeves have had some chat in the last few years. And and he's gone, like, this is what, this is why I want you for this. This is the plan. Are you down? And Farrell's gone, yes, and yeah. I'm, it's just the Farrell, the Farrell piece. If it was a, if it was any other actor or, or you know a lesser actor, um, I'd I'd think yes, what a, what a bit of a waste or like hire a fat guy or whatever you know, but. Conrad good, and he's uh, you know, I'm excited.
4: I sort of think the reason the reason you need a character like that is just to just to pan out the the sort of structure of Gotham, but in a way that, like, when the if the Penguin shows up in a Batman film, you're not thinking uh, maybe he's a good guy. Like you, you know that he is bad, and that is that's a useful component of a of a story.
3: And you're I, using yeah, a shared
4: library of characters
3: i don't think colin farrell signs up to pad out a the villain no no, no but in batman. in this i think he's something else
4: in this movie i think it's it's useful to have like an underboss who you know is oh, yeah. who you know is a bad guy and can't be trusted and then you have the sort of tension of him you know sitting in a room with batman having a chat and bruce wayne's trying desperately not to break the law and not get killed and you know penguins sitting there dealing drugs like it is a really it's a really integral part of the texture of gotham and of the the criminal underworld generally and i think i think you're right that there's more to come for the character but i think even if there wasn't you know it's all valid in this movie
2: so the version of this that i liked was john turturro <laughs> And, and no one was more shocked than me that I that I liked the John Cusaro Carmine because I didn't know he was in this. I'd I, I'd forgotten or didn't know, and where I was like, oh, I wonder who's playing Carmine. You kind of got a glimpse of him in the club when I, you know when Selena talks to him in the club and you see him for the first yeah, time. Yeah. I was like, who is that? And then and then I was like, was that was that John Cusaro? And then uh, and then at the funeral, you're like, oh, it is John Cusaro, and. I always think that he is such a risky bit of casting in dramatic roles. Or not always actually. He has become a risky bit of casting in dramatic roles because because of his comedic work in the years in between and I think that if 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 to because of
4: the Transformers movies.
2: Yes, the Transformers. Yeah, the 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 Kyrie Brothers stuff um I, I I mean, obviously, his seminal work, and you don't mess with the Zohan, and I'm not being sarcastic. Um, but yeah, I always think it's I always think he's like there is there is just something about his persona now that I'm like, oh, if you if you miss slightly, you really you really miss, and hmm. I just thought he got this. Yeah, I thought Bruce he got Bruce. this right and he felt dangerous but he also felt like he had that kind of like you could see like the, the scene where Bruce comes to see him you could see him kind of like falling under his spell slightly and yeah, yeah. um, and when he told the story to Bruce I was like yeah maybe that's how it went down <laughs> i kind of like for, for a scene I bought it until Andy Serkis re-explained it to me mm-hmm. um yeah I thought this is one of those was really good and he looks good in those suits see that he really really <laughs> that those suits and those shades he really he really makes it work
3: this is one of those like performances where, where I thought, oh have we been missing you know great John Taduro villain performances for for the past whatever twenty years because he was he's so threatening but he's sort of soulful uh, yeah he plays his angles amazingly uh yeah he yeah, he was excellent he was so good. a lot of charisma.
2: Well, okay, so, um, so let's, I'm just working my way down the cast list um, the, fi- <laughs> the, the, the final The final big one that we need to talk about Is Paul Dano as Riddler <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry to say I thought he was bad <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So
4: I don't know if I thought he was bad There were certainly bits of the performance Where I was going, I'm not sure about this Because <sighs> there are There are things about that Really, character. Jay like even even <laughs> i <laughs> he
3: does that I, weird thing where he puts he like draws out no, weird words no. in these sentences like
4: my i got real non-specifically mentally ill vibes from him in a way that i didn't like in joker and i didn't like in this
2: i think he was more in cell coded than mentally ill personally
4: yeah, I landed on that later, but like, I get obs- I get obsessed with how
3: how does he make that question mark in the coffee? It's so, <laughs> he's got so that shot time. is
2: so dumb. Why do they do that? Why do they do? Why does Matt Reeves do that? Why? Why? And, and like, and Giacchino's Show score is like okay. I yeah. mean the, especially a question mark, I get it. Maybe,
4: especially because maybe he especially. has the Bar to do it, I don't know. That that scene <laughs> where he's like where he gets arrested and they're like slamming him on the counter and he's like grinning and happy that it's happening. Like I found that one of the more chilling aspects of his performance. Cause like that that's such a weird thing where he's getting this like weird orgasmic pleasure out of being arrested. You don't need the cartoon
3: he... <laughs> coffee as well. You know what Batman should... You know what Jeffrey Wright should have said in that scene where they get... This, he should have said, I drink your latte. I drink it up. That's what should have happened in
2: that moment. I don't understand what he thought, that what Reeves thought that that shot was going to do for an audience. Like, <laughs> Oh,
5: my yeah, God. the trailer, though. Latte is, is that... <laughs> I think is
3: that also who who does latte art? Who does latte latte, oh, I'm sorry, you've northern, you've northern <laughs> short circuit in my brain. Who does latte latte, fuck, latte art in like an American like skeevy diner? Yeah. Why would that even be like a latte art? Why would you order of... that uh, unless you just <laughs> like to draw the
2: question marks? Um, I think I mean it's the it's in the it's the trailer shot. I, do, I honestly, it's think in the trailer too. Just there to be in the trailer. Yeah, well, that's no, You don't thing need thing. to put it in the movie. You, you can just go, great, we got our Let's trailer shot. It. Let's yeah. not put it in there. Yes. Um, cut it, cut it. It stinks. Cut it. So, again, I feel I should point out I, I really like Paul Dano in, in, a, in a lot of stuff that he's done. Um, I, I find him like a really reliable presence, uh, slash, very, very good sometimes. Yeah. Um, I I I just don't think I was very interested in the Riddler like conceptually like uh, like it just just as a nondescript serial killer fine and I thought you know like some of the like as as like as as a as a villain who is leaving clues for the batman to solve that works but anytime he's actually you know like physically present I really didn't like all of the video stuff because it felt it felt really derivative of Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger in in right. that really mm-hmm. iconic scene in The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and also with the mm-hmm. voice ticks of Tom Hardy. Yep. Um yep. the And the mask, the mask, you know, he's it's
3: it's just too this is the my original point about this there's not enough fresh about this movie. I think he is the worst he's the biggest example of that. Yeah. And- where You're doing the Riddler, and you've already done the Riddler. Jim Carrey, you know, for good or ill, kind of put a stamp on that character cinematically. So you're doing it again, fine. Paul Dano, fine. And but I think my fear going into it was, well, is it just going to be like sort of creepy Paul Dano doing a Heath Ledger thing? And like that is what it is, and it's nothing more than that. It's maybe even less than that. And and you could have. There's so many. There's so many frigging Batman villains. I don't know. There's so many. Why him? Why
2: this casting? Why this performance? Why this? I don't don't need a third act twist. I don't need that stuff in in every one of these movies. But if you're doing the Riddler, I kind of feel like there needs to be something Hmm. unexpected about him. And the Riddler we meet is the most expected version of the Riddler there could be. Especially especially get unless you know, unless you keep the casting secret. You try mm-hmm. and you try and like intentionally wrong foot us and make us think that he is this, you know, more Jim Carrey-esque version of the character. And it <laughs> and it turns out he's just this incel fuck. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, I think I think I think he swings for the fences and all the Ave Maria stuff, like for, you know, fair play. Um <laughs> <laughs> I play for, the, you, uh, play you for giving that a crack. But I, I mean I I should say as well, like I mentioned Giacchino's score in the in the diner. He weaves Ave Maria in it into it from the from the early sequences and I think it's a great score from Giacchino, who I wouldn't have yeah. thought was a as was a was a brilliant fit for this. Um but I think this is better than anything he's done over on the Marvel side.
4: Even even I was watching this movie going, now oh, the score and this is great
2: really atmospheric so, but also
4: the, and the score also is also
3: in a lot of it
4: <laughs> it's a lot of score yes yeah it's got this kind of constant sort of undercurrent this like throb to it that i really liked um and also just while we're on the subject of music this is how you use a nirvana song <laughs> in a superhero movie <laughs> black
2: widow but it still works it still yeah, works in black widow
4: no it does it,
2: yes yes no Next, yeah. next question. Yeah. Um, doesn't he... <laughs> don't they use that film like three times? That's that Nirvana song like three times in the movie. They do. I, I think yeah. twice. Only that's, twice, I think. Okay, twice. It's still criminal.
3: <laughs> but also, the, you know, the, the score is, in terms of like, music you hear, there's... You've got that, that um, thumping theme, Batman theme, which my friend pointed out, who I saw it with, well, Sam, my housemate, uh, uh, previously mentioned it on this show... <laughs> Pointing out is just the um the the Star Wars theme with one note removed, right? It's it's uh it's the 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 Vader theme. Da, 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 it's 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 not that, it's da, da 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 It's the anyway, fine. I've not got um, deep into it so enough you, yet.
2: You need you need, no, you, but it need is that. you need Amon on the episode to confirm or deny this.
3: Listen to both those again it is I mean it's it's one of those kind of like oh it, it, he's picked cuz I think you hear the I remember I had I listened to the theme uh before the movie came out and sort of it just sounds both familiar very familiar but but imposing and fresh and threatening and it's it kind of it's a magic trick by Jake, you know to have he's just honestly picked fucking two notes and but it's the right two notes, you know.
5: Um,
3: anyway, so you you know you get that you get that theme, you get the Nirvana song, and there's a kind of a bit of a there's quite a different Catwoman theme, I think. You know, the sort of you know, much higher up in in uh, in the range. But there's you don't really hear much other music other than those kind of three melodies, which I thought was quite oh, across a three hour movie. That was quite. Uh, that was a, that was a choice. You don't. There's the 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 range of the soundtrack and the score is is kind of limited in a in a good way in an interesting way.
2: You got too specific on the score for me there, Reese. All I know is that I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll report. i back the, when I've listened to more it. on on Spotify or whatever. <laughs> I'll send you the the Star Wars
3: link and then the Batman link. It's the same. It's <laughs> just take, he's taken a note out. He's removed a, a bit of the song. Okay, but,
2: but it works. I believe you. Um. I'm, <laughs> just uh, the last piece of casting i want to mention um wild that trevor from eastenders is the head of the gotham pd uh, so, so if you guys remember trevor from eastenders alex ferns nope. I, lo- I love i love the, the, nope. the, the, the so um he was um so all of my british soap opera knowledge comes from when i was like between the ages of like Seven and twelve, when I'm old enough to remember it, but not old enough to be able to leave the house and not watch it when my parents are watching it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I got
2: this like very specific, like late nineties to early two thousands frame of reference for for British soap operas. And Trevor was this Irish guy who was beating up Little Mo. He was a he was a uh, but he was this gorgeous Irish guy with these piercing blue eyes, and he turns up here as the as the like bedraggled head of the Gotham PD. And I was um, shook, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought I would shout him out as well. Sarsgaard comes in as the DA. I don't, I don't remember him being in it. Uh, He was so good. He's, he's good fun for those sequences, right?
4: I, I really like the way he plays it, which is like this just fucking pathetic, clueless. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's pathetic. Yeah,
4: like it's, it's such a unique performance considering the rest of the like everyone else is so grizzled
2: and he's like oh yeah yeah do you want to do you want to come back to my place he's this like glass glassy eyed sap because he's been he's been taking the shitty drugs and just uh, just like another angle on corruption of just and when he reveals the amount they were paying him as well you're like fuck really was that it
3: i loved (laughs) yeah when he when when Katterman meets him in the club and then Bruce says Bruce says oh he's high. I just thought he played sort of boringly high so well. Yeah. It like, yeah. you know wasn't like slow mo in the in the club like doo, 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 doo. he just, just he didn't rambling look and out of it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like I've met guys on coke in bars that that just that it was that before. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I, I relate. <laughs> like dude this has nothing to do with the circumstances i just don't want to be around you <laughs> yes, please, please. um okay i want to talk about detecting yeah me too so let me uh, can i can 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 i, I, don't. Can, I rev- can i reveal a story uh from from my screening of a, of, of the batman i didn't fall asleep. <laughs> um so I, I went to see the Batman at um my local Showcase Cinema, which is one of those mm. you know, very nice cinemas with the, the reclining leather seats and, and whatnot. It's
3: a nor- it's a northern chain, I believe. Um is it? Is it exclusively I, northern?
4: I used to go to a showcase in Coventry and that is the Midlands, which is not in the north. it's northern enough. Yeah. North
2: of me. Northern Me. I that don't,
4: is I... that is a London centric view.
2: <laughs> I also as that a nor- Midlands are Yes, I am a am a n I am a, I am a <laughs> I am a Northerner who currently lives in the Midlands. Um, so anyway, definitely a Midlands chain. It's in the North as well. And um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm laid back in my nice reclining seats. And at some point, like around, uh, around like an hour or so into the movie, I w- I'm sure I hear something drop to the ground. And I'm like, oh, what's happened there? Is something falling out of my pockets. So I'm checking in my pockets, and I'm like, "Okay, my car keys are there, my wallet's there, my phone's there, my AirPods are there." Okay, that's everything. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then what was that that dropped out of my pocket? And I'm like, "Huh? Okay. Well, never mind." It's niggling at me, guys. It's niggling at me. And I'm like, "I couldn't put my hands back in my pockets." I'm like, did. I did. I really detect all those things. Yeah, that's my wallet. Yeah, it's okay. No, okay. So then we're about two hours into the movie, and I go house keys, house keys. You also had your house keys because obviously you need to take your house keys out. So maybe it was those. So I'm going like, uh, I, 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 okay. So it's very likely that my house keys have fallen out of my pocket and that they have fallen through the crack in the chair and are on the floor. Okay, this is okay. I have co- I've successfully the story going. I've done. I've done. <laughs> I've done, I've done my investigation. They, they are. That's no, a detective reference. Okay. Yeah, they're on the floor. They're on the floor, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, anyway, uh-huh. so the film ends and <laughs> I get out my phone and like a twat, I have to get down on my hands and knees, turn on the, 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 um, the torch on my phone. And I'm like looking at the seat you and I can't, twat. I can't see them and i'm like i can't just i can't just and it's late i'd like it's a three-hour fucking screening i need to get home i need to get to sleep and i'm just like (laughs) do i take the risk that i was wrong and i didn't drop them um and then i so i get I, i you know i i decide right okay suit goes down i'll go back to the car and if the if the house keys are in the car, then then that's fine. That they are always in the car. Anyway, I get back to the car and um, I look, and the car the the house keys aren't there, and I'm like, "For fuck's sake!" And um, I pick up my, uh, so I go to put my jacket back on and put my hands in my jacket pocket, and they're in there. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Okay, also, we'll, cut, we'll cut that. So also, that story was that story is longer than the movie. <laughs> but why? What, what I'm trying to say is ultimately, I I. I solved it, despite showing utter incompetence at every turn along the way. Every time, every time there I thought I'd got, I'd, I was onto something. I wasn't. Like every time I thought, oh, is well, is that what? It, uh, is that so? Did anything fall on the floor? I don't know. Maybe I left something there that I had no idea that I took with me. But is that any worse than going pigeon a falcon? A bat. <laughs> a w- what, what? What? A larder? Are, are there? any? Other, are there any other animals left? <laughs> a penguin.
3: What? What are <laughs> we doing? We're just
2: throwing out the names of anything with wings at this point, guys. Wayne is such a fucking yeah. incompetent detective in this movie. This, is, this is the thing, right? <laughs> I remember Party. when Bug.
4: when they announced Kill when they announced <laughs> <laughs> this movie. I remember saying how like the thing I've never seen on screen is a detective Batman and how I really wanted that to be the vibe. And on one level, I'm I'm so happy that they did a detective story on the other. I'm like, if you're sitting in the cinema going a rat with wings is a bat, you fucking morons. Like it's just, it's immediately obvious. It, it, it's unbelievable that they go anywhere else first. The fact, but the fact that they go through Ford. For, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: the thing I like is that, mm-hmm. that sequence where they kidnap the penguin and they interrogate <laughs> him and he's like, you guys yeah, are fucking he idiots. Out. Like,
3: <laughs> hey guys, I'm from New York City and I got my voice. And what are you guys doing about <laughs> like, the Batman? is
5: this thing?
4: Batman, even, <laughs> I know this is a year two Batman and the idea is like, you know, he He's kind of dumb he screws up some stuff, you know. He he flunks his landing when he has the wingsuit. suit. His detecting you know.
2: is consistently poor.
4: Yeah, and even Jim Gordon is a career detective, and even he can't figure this stuff out. And, and then
3: it-, it would have been good if you'd have done like a like a um, when when he the penguin reveals that thing about the Batman he, that then then Batman does a like. Uh, face palm, and then you get the
2: Kirby enthusiasm music. <laughs> bum, 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 I like ba-da, that. Almost like <laughs> 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 there are so many points in the movie where there are riddles being read out, and and Batman's just like, got it straight away. Boom, yeah. got it. It's that. It's that. Yeah. And i I. But I can't yeah. tell you with that whole. <laughs> that whole rat with wings sing in the middle. That I, I just could not stop thinking about that scene from Batman 66 where they're, yeah. so, they're silvering the Riddler's riddle is Riddler's is like and, and like, well it's clearly a banana fountain pen or something like that and I'm like Shit, maybe all he needed was Bert Ward and uh, this would have been so because like anyone that tries to hand it is fucking incompetent. Like at the start when, <laughs> when Batman's like oh yeah he's left his first cipher and Andy Circus is like, right, okay. So I'm gonna have a look at this, and I'm gonna. I've been, ta- I've been, I've done ciphers before, Master Wayne, and I've, and I've done this, and I've, and I've taken out these letters, and he's like, why the fuck have you taken out those letters? Put them back in, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll solve it. It's like I was, I was such a bizarre kind of like set up I mean, for that scene to go like, why, <laughs> like. like why would you have Alfred helping out only to be proved immediately wrong? <laughs> I think part of the point
4: is Alfred has to look dumb so that Bruce Wayne can look smart. Like that's the only reason I can think he's doing that.
3: Uh, this, uh, this, this,
4: the whole thing has Bruce, a whiff. Like of Alfred the... helps out a couple of times, and every time he does it, he screws it up until eventually he gets blown up at the end.
3: It's, it, it has the whiff of the, the Studio 60 problem with it, I think, where, you know, that show was like, oh, this is the greatest sketcher of all time. And these sketches are incredible, <laughs> incredible, hilarious. And then you watch the sketch, it's like, oh, this is a musical number about how George Bush is like, yeah. sort of has well, a bit like, like this is so like Marvelous, this is like
4: Marvelous Miss Maisel. Right? Maisel yeah. Exactly, where right? It's about comedy, but her routines aren't funny. Yeah. So in this in this case,
3: you've ha- you've opened up the Batman is the world's greatest detective, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 box, and then you have to you have to kind of fulfil that, and the movie does well, it a
2: few say, a few times at the beginning, and then with. But it it sticks in behind the eight ball, Sam. that like, like I, I don't know, like <laughs> the the see so he has to be in this movie one step behind the riddler the whole time, but it just it just makes him look shit at his job. And and and, <laughs> and that, you know, there's a point towards the end of the movie where, like, he's explicit about. it He's like, "I know I'm doing exactly what the Riddler wants me to do, but that's the only way to end this now." And it's like, "Yeah, but that's how you've been doing stuff the whole way. You've, you've literally yeah. been like, he has been planning out his traps for you, and you've been and you've been going bumbling com- into them. Com- yeah. No, just compliantly going, okay, and yeah, I'll I'll play this game. It's." Yeah, and that's what I mean about like all of that side of things. I just found a, a just there was just like an undercurrent of frustration with that throughout. Like I liked the idea of Batman leaning on being a detective, and I liked him recording everything and. I liked his journals and like, that you know, that this yeah. was a project. That <laughs> Dear diary. Yeah.
1: I, did, I did a punch yeah, like,
2: on a villain. Lego, <laughs> Lego Batman vibes there, definitely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just...
3: Well, you have that, the problem is you have that middle, I think it's, this is all tying together with when I watched it first and got drunk and fell asleep. Like, you know, you had that middle hour is, you know, I, I'm actually going to say that my, my drunkenly falling asleep was my review you know you you, you and this is tying into what, you, what you've been saying joe but you know that that um you that middle chunk i think it, it the story doesn't just doesn't move move along quick enough uh, even with the even with the slow pace that the movie has already set in its first hour which which i i'm with and that ties in with the detective story Then you get to the El rada or whatever whatever crap thing you know that you just could do with a couple of extra steps on that on that sort of on that path, whereas instead he gets caught up, or him and Gordon get caught up on that one thing, and, it, and there's no progression. And as you say, he just kind of picks a couple of different birds. I just yeah, it just feels like a sort of low hang low hanging fruit that they. Why couldn't they have just figured out a different, uh, you know, a, 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 an evolution of the plot beat in that middle in that middle hour, just to move things along? Or, I don't just, really get or it. just at
2: one po- at one point maybe to flip it and see kind of the Riddler on his heels—that Batman, has that mm. got on a step of head, uh, he's gotten a step ahead, and the Riddler has to up his game. Yeah. Um, I mean
4: the the thing mm. that I find really funny is that when he goes to see the Riddler in Arkham like he he says like oh you know we we're, we're going to watch we're going to watch the stuff happen and batman's like what what stuff and the riddler's like oh y- you didn't figure it out uh, <laughs> and like yeah. he sort of he's like disappointed that batman hasn't figured out his his riddles because
3: cuz they're going for the joker thing aren't they like that some of the, so much of the thrill of that of the dark knight is the joker is steps ahead of Batman and 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 those schemes are so kind of complex and fascinating and wild and the audience figures out at, you know at the same rate that Batman does like are they not are they not going for that a bit but of course you don't have the, the ledger performance you don't have the, the, the core you know uh, etern- you know eternal smallly dynamic between the those two characters you have you replaced it with something that's lesser a plus plus the performance is lesser which also you know which makes you think why did they try and do this in the first place you know you're just imitating you know it looks like a, a pale imitation all of all of those pieces
2: i think there are there are certainly a couple of moments where it comes off as a pale imitation i think the final arkham confrontation feels like that um yeah yeah and it, yeah you, you just you just want him to get it the like i say the stuff that i liked in the middle act was all of the you know the 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 foundation of Gotham's corruption, and Falcone and uh, and yeah how and Salmarone and the history of the Wayne family and the the you know the kind of the various things that had fucked up Gotham. Um, I was I was kind of into all that part of the middle hour, um, but to the point where like you know there would be there would then be moments where like. Batman would be like, oh well, this this you know, does this mean we're not we're not going to be able to get that? We you know what, what about the Riddler? And it's like, oh, I did, yeah, I guess one serial killer give a shit. I don't know. Give me, give, give <laughs> me the, give me the the mob stuff. I'm interested in the mob stuff. That's more interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, we so talk about are bad. Talk, well, <laughs> I was going
3: to say, can we talk about um the the car chase in in that middle hour. Well, yeah, and,
2: <laughs> and, and, may, an and maybe the season the
1: season action
2: season in general. Mm, mm. So the two the two major action sequences are the car chase and the the kind of the fight in Gotham Square Gardens at the end. There are smaller, you know, hand to hand action sequences, which I thought they were all yeah. pretty good. I thought they did a good job of like, sure, like it, the the hand to hand action. I thought was this was the the version of Batman that I was worried we were going to see from that first trailer where he's just like beating criminals to a bloody pulp. Mm. You see, like there are a couple of moments where that happens in this movie, but it's like depicted as him like slightly crossing the line. Um, yeah.
4: I think broadly it's quite a good version of the character in that he's not fighting just to fight criminals. He sort of, he has objectives and if they get in the way or if they try and kill him, then he'll fight back, but he's not, He's generally not brutalizing people.
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, no quibbles here with this being a PG thirteen or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. People online were getting upset about. Um, <laughs> Reese, what what did you think of the car chase and, and the action in general?
3: Well, it woke me up. You know, 20, <laughs> it was loud. It was a loud Batmobile. It literally, woke it's very me up. very lo- orange
2: I... and black. That sequence. I
3: thought it. It. I thought it. One of the things we haven't talked about, or at least I haven't talked about, is the, um, it was a really smart choice to, to film this in, to, to film the kind of Gotham of this in very different, I think, well, very different, you know, different locations, you know, in the, in the Liverpools, the Glasgow's, uh, Edinburgh, you know, dingier parts, you know, Elephant, Elephant and Castle, I think is a referenced um, filming point in London that they film this in. I think it's, it, it definitely gives this Gotham a really different feel cinematically but also feeling like a real place which i think is really smart uh and then the car the car chase is a is a good indication of that it, it's that it looks like a highway or a motor you know it looks like a british motorway And you know we obviously we as brits sort of uh understand what we're looking at there but it makes it you know it gives the it gives that sequence a a different feel to to the i guess the equivalent sequence in the dark night is the is the um or, or probably more the more Batman begins is the it's the it's the first um uh it's the first uh bat oh, what's the what do they call the what's the what's the name of the bat the batmobile, the, the batmobile. this is the first batmobile <laughs> chase right you know the bit and you've got
4: the, the he, yeah where turns, he's driving shot, like a tank through police yeah, barricades yeah, yeah.
3: And that, you know, again, if you're if you're sort of comparing the two scenes one to one, it makes. I think that it's not so much the car or or the style of the chase because the chases are kind of quite similar. It's the it's the it's the setting that makes those two sequences feel really different. Um, and I think that you know we haven't talked also about Wayne Manor, the the, the sort of lovely gothic, strange kind of. Or not even Wayne Manor. It's like I think that's Wayne Tower because it's mm-hmm. but you see it as a as a skyscraper within Gotham City. But the, when you see his rooms and his dining room, it's got all these it's got all this Gothic architecture in it. Like I think that's an, an interesting choice, a small choice but an interesting choice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 all the filming locations I think were were, were re- are relevant and and big and and you feel them in the movie um, because you know locations like real locations are. They're kind of a cheap special effect in a lot of ways. They, um, yeah, they kind of, you don't have to do a lot of CGI. You're just going like, to film, like, Bruce Robert Pattinson in, like, a weird living room with a lot of pointy, like, pointy, spiky chairs and that's going to say something about the, the the Gotham and the Bruce Wayne that you want to portray. Um, but I, the, the race, but the, the car chase sequence, I, was great. And the score plays a part and Colin Farrell plays a part and the Batmobile design plays a part and it, um, I thought it was a really uh, it was a good sequence, yeah.
2: I didn't like it. No! I don't know, like I I I don't know what I could see from a Batmobile reveal at this point to be like, oh that's exciting. This this isn't it. Um and then the sequence—it's it's like an Audi. Like I, a, like a, I, just, I, 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 I feel like I've se- I feel like I've seen the tapes on the Batmobile, and like in in this movie particularly when the Batmobile when it was like oh now it's a Batmobile sequence I was like oh I guess I hadn't really thought about there not being a car though I just hadn't hadn't thought about it
4: yeah and then I was I was a bit like I guess they need a Batman sequence a Batmobile sequence because it's a Batman movie more than anything.
2: And then the chase itself, I, I I do get that they were going for something a bit different, and there was lots of low angles, lots of shot from the kind of like the wheels, and we were we were hopping between stuff. But th- this that's not what I like out of a car chase. What what this sequence delivers, mm-hmm. um, and. And yeah, and, and and getting getting not really none of it really from Batman's point of view, or very little. I think it might it mostly is from the Penguin's POV. Um, but yeah, I just I just couldn't really see, I couldn't really tell what was going on. I didn't feel like there was any cool driving, and then like it's a car chase down a highway. Um, it felt to me like it was masking that Matt Reeves didn't really know how to sh- how to shoot a compelling car chase. Hmm. So. <laughs> he just he just went for a for a different route in
4: so the thing the thing i i sort of fall between the two poles here which is that on the one hand i always find car chases in movies pretty dull i think the the sole exception to that is in drive at the start of drive where they do instead of about speed and danger it's about tension like that's the only way i've seen a car chase that really worked for me um in this it just is very loud and very un like in that he's you know knocking over civilian cars as part of his you know lorries are tipping on their sides as part of his chase it sort of feels like the the Batman thing to do would have been to pull out of that because he realized it was causing more damage than he was preventing. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, I didn't love that.
4: But that said, the bit where the car sort of bursts through the flames and Penguin realizes he's fucked is one of the best moments in the (laughs) film for me. Like, I really love that, just that little section. So, you know, in, in my ideal version of this film, that car chase isn't in there, but in the version that I saw, there are bits i enjoyed
2: what about the the stuff at the end in the square
4: gardens (laughs) again like part of me felt like the reason it was in the movie is because they wanted they wanted some spectacle and having done a sort of street level detective story it's very hard to then ramp that up into something visual and exciting At the same time, I think that sequence justifies itself through what it reveals about the way the character has sort of hit his turning point and what he's realised about how how to be Batman. So, again, didn't love it initially, but I think, again, on the second watch, I sort of really felt it's good that it's there. I liked the fact that, there's a lot of gunplay, and even then, he does not resort to shooting anyone or using guns. In fact, he's very anti-gun the entire movie, and vocally so, um, to the point of not letting other people use guns or not wanting to. Where he's mm-hmm. he like tells Jim Gordon like no guns, and he's like, hey man, that's your thing. <laughs>
5: um,
2: yeah.
4: yeah, I think I think there's a lot to love about that sequence. Ultimately.
2: I just think that that by by the time we've got past that final confrontation with the Riddler, the film has kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Like, it doesn't like it feels so, it feels so sure of itself and certain and specific all the way up to that. And then that that final sequence felt to me like it was out of a different movie almost. It kind of like the aesthetic felt different, and um, the 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 riddler goons like kind of i I was like is is this an exciting climax i don't well this
4: is the this is the thing i was saying earlier which is the the you know the sequence of events where he goes in gets falcone brings him out falcone gets assassinated and then they bust in on the riddler and arrest the riddler Mm. that that is like the payoff for two hours that you've been watching and you're like oh this is fucking great like they did it they did they've they've you know, solved it, solved the problem. And again,
2: it does feel a little bit like The Dark Knight where he has his showdown with the Joker and then it's like, okay, but the actual thing that you need to stop is happening elsewhere and you go off and do it. It's like, yeah, yeah but yeah, but there what you're running off to is Two-Face, who is this other really compelling mm. presence in the movie. Yeah. And here we're running to, yeah, to, to fight the insult movement. Um <laughs> Who again, just didn't really... I, I I feel like that was introduced too late. I would have liked the idea of this kind of maybe community, like glomming onto the Riddler as the movie went on, but it it, it comes out of nowhere as a reveal at the end of the film. And then I don't know, I just don't buy that they would be that organized. Like we saw, we saw what this is. <laughs> we we saw what this is in real life in the Capitol riots. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it, it, it's a mess. It's not that. The, um, you also had the you had the mayor
3: figure, um, Real. Is that, that yeah, is? Real? You know, Bella that, Real. Like, you have that Bella Real. You have that in the mix as well in that sequence, and that that's a, a dynamic that I feel like the movie wants us to have some kind of thought on, but has has given us nothing can, yeah, on yeah, that. I couldn't figure but, out what the yeah. take was there because mm. it felt like a very mm.
2: specific choice for mm. her to be young black female. Mm. Uh, but I, I I just couldn't I couldn't get the read on what they were trying to say with her and whether whether she but, uh, was whether she was supposed to be a positive like part part of the answer because the, the whole film seemed to be saying like it doesn't matter who's in charge. I mean I think I think, I think that, that's all set up for the sequel. I
4: think the, the idea the idea People, for that was that she's not a part of the system. And Yeah. Like she's sort of again, I feel like they could have they could have done a bit more with it in it had like had they acknowledged that actually the other guy was supposed to win and now the Ridders killed him and that's actually a bit of a wrench mm. for us. Like that's a spanner in the in the works because She's She needs to be bribed now, or something, and they didn't really address that. Right. But again, you know, maybe she, maybe she, that's the she, sequel, you know, who
3: knows? Is she and their cousin, she a Alexandra Ocasio Cortez <laughs> sort of stand in some ways, perhaps, I don't know. But that, you know, the movie doesn't do anything with that. Uh, but but, at least, but as you said, the, the, well, you she just get...
2: leaves it that she's the mayor of the city at the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, and she gets a decent chunk of screen time as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe maybe there's more there's more coming with that. Um, James, just, just I did... quickly, oh, cool. Hang
4: on. just just quickly about that final sequence. I think part of the part of the reason I give it a bit of a pass is because, like, ultimately, this is a Batman movie, right? And as much as Batman is about the detective work and the you know stealth, there is also the aspect of Batman, which is <laughs> a Batman grappling the hook style. off the yeah. side of a building beating up mm. people with guns so mm.
5: Mm.
4: up until that point he sort of hadn't done any of that stuff and i get i get why they might want to to put that sequence in there as well so they're doing all of batman not just one do angle you think they looked at do, do you think they
3: looked at the script and were like okay yeah cool we'd we love we've done we, we made the way we <laughs> to make. wait hold on, wait, matt you haven't done any of the building stuff the, in the fighting on the on the and then anyway oh fuck okay wait, t- 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 at the end he goes to the Balances oh, Gotham's Gotham uh, you know, <laughs> The guy's in the mask and does a punching and does a doesn't a spray <laughs> <I>
2: Maybe, um, <laughs> I think. I think this ties into it, James. What were the What were the two things about Batman that you teased us with at the start of the movie that you thought that this did sp- specifically as a take on this character? That were uh, so different? one. Was, I'm, I'm assuming one is the gun thing.
4: Yeah, one is having a version of Batman who is explicitly like, no, don't kill them, don't kill them, and don't use guns because that's that's not who we are. Like, a, a version of Batman who is explicitly the hero, and it, I found it interesting that the, the kind of people who are the villains in this movie, like the sort of right-wing intel gun nuts, are the sort of people who are also, at least in some way, overlap with Zack Snyder's fan base. So I thought a lot of that, like I, I found myself wondering, are they going to come out of this movie going, like, holy fuck, Matt Reeves made us the villains, like fuck him. And I have seen some of that.
2: I don't. I, I think generally there is a divide in fandom between Batman fans and Snyder fans. I think there are people who are, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Snyder first, Batman second.
4: Yeah, but the the people who were fans of Snyder's Batman are not. Mad keen on Matt Reese's version, and that might have been true of any other version. I think Spanish, I I I think
2: that's the case. I think they wouldn't have liked anything.
4: Yeah, but they they definitely um, see portions of this movie as being an attack on their beliefs.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, the, well, you know, that Batman, that you know, that to 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 be a fan of and to have defended online for a number of years, that Batman, <laughs> they yeah. have they the have guns, no, Batman. Yes, it is a, a a large portion of that has had to be guns. So for this film to come out and very swiftly say and you know explicitly say no, we don't use those. Like he yeah. literally he literally says it. Does he say it to? Does he say? It, I can't remember. Is it's Selena or to Gordon? He says it.
4: He, he says it to both of them. He says to Gordon, like put your like, gun away. No, we don't. Yeah, he don't. put your gun away, and he and and Gordon says like no, that's your thing. Mm. And he says it to Selena as well. He's, like he takes the gun off her and says like this is their weapon or whatever, like we don't we don't mm. kill people. Yeah. If you kill people you'll be like them. So, okay, so that, that, was, that that was that for that... me is the Snyder stuff.
2: That was thing one. I knew that was coming. Yeah. So let's go full Dr. Seuss and and find out what <laughs> thing two is.
4: So the the stuff where it's it's the moment where he stares into the eye of the the Riddler guy he's unmasked and has that I'm vengeance moment and realizes like, Oh, actually vengeance is my only thing. Um, for me, like the problem with the Nolan version is that he's so sort of single minded and focused on, I have to get back at everyone for the, for, you know, taking down crime, like to the exclusion of all of his personal life and his, you know, individual health even like in at the start mm. of dark knight rises he's properly knackered like because he's just given everything to this one man war even to the extent that at the end of that movie he just has to quit being batman because he physically can't continue anymore
2: oh, i'm pretty sure um, i saw him blow up in the in the bat yeah, he's dead, <laughs> yeah.
4: he died in the in the pod sure
2: <laughs> I sure don't know, i don't know if you saw some kind of mad michael kane <laughs> Fever dream at
3: the end of that. So, <laughs> yeah, he, was, yeah, he, 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 he drank too much uh, right. yeah. in Italy. That's not. That's not true. Yeah, right. I would but,
2: never see the spinning top fall. So who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so
4: <laughs> like Nolan's version is like, oh, if you were going to be Batman, how would that mentality affect you? <laughs> yeah. And oh, you'd quit. <laughs> yeah, like it would destroy you psychologically and physically, bit, you and would eventually you'd have to oh, stop.
3: Yeah. So mm. like
4: this version of Batman has extra nuance and
5: mm.
4: like again in at the end of Dark Knight Rises, like uh sorry, at the end of the Dark Knight, Batman's thing is like, oh, people you can't people it. can't like me yeah. I have to be the thing they yeah. hate.
5: Like, I
4: have to
3: be the Dark Knight, yeah, right? No. Like
4: I have to mm. sacrifice everything to mm. to you know, and people are going to loathe the Batman, and I can't do it anymore because it's too dangerous.
3: He, he's not the hero that that yeah, Gotham exactly wants, but that Gotham needs. But, he's not the White Knight that uh, that uh, um, represents. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but yeah, in this the dark in mind.
4: this movie. Yeah. He he comes out of the shadows mm. and says, "No, actually, mm. I can't just inspire fear. I have to also inspire hope." And like mm. I say, he gets the flare and he leads the people out of out of danger into safety and explicitly the mayor and the kid and you know he's later on the woman's on the stretcher and she's thanking him for saving her. Like this is a, a version of Batman who is not afraid to to be liked by people and to do more for the the city in terms of showing them what good can exist. I I just found it to be like a a sort of rejection of Nolan's kind of one man war on crime version of Batman, in that it it encompasses more more of what the character represents as a superhero, basically, and it it wasn't afraid to be a superhero. In a way, it reminded me of No Way Home, in that hmm. that ends with a version of Spider Man that feels like the the comics character, and you know the. The fully realized version of Spider-Man, and this does the same with Batman for me.
2: I'm trying to figure out figure out what's what's the more offensive thing to me. Sitting through three hours to get to the version of Batman that we want to see or three movies to see <laughs> the <laughs> version of Spider-Man that we want to see.
4: <laughs> um yeah, as, as experiences they they stand alone, it's fine.
2: <laughs> um James, is there anything that you think he specifically uh, rejects of the tim burton batman (laughs) how does he say fuck you to tim burton
4: i mean the tim burton version is you know capable of cracking a smile oh yeah
2: how dare he (laughs) um (laughs) okay uh cool um can i just check is there a post credits on this
4: there is, but it's garbage. What is garbage. it? I,
2: I didn't. I, as we established, I was busy looking under my chair for the, uh, <laughs> for the keys. I didn't pick up that story, by the way. It's all dead.
4: <laughs> it is,
2: it's a short story. It was a short story
3: you told in a very short time.
4: It is a black screen with a Riddler question mark on, like a computer screen. It says something like, the end question oh. mark? Like some proper, properly... Like as minimal as you could possibly get.
2: Okay, um, is not the well,
4: time.
3: You know, I think it's it's it, it's 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 good that the the Riddler isn't dead at the end of this movie. I think, and that he meets the Joker as discussed. But like, God, are we? Are we? Is this a kind of a ASM two style setup for a Sinister Six? But for Batman bullshit over the next couple of movies? I just I no, worry. I, I, know, I
2: worry. I I what think, think? Th- I I I think that. As you know, I think it's smart to keep them on the board. I wouldn't be coming back to a second movie and going, let's do a bit of the Riddler, let's do a bit of um, let's do a bit of Joker, but maybe, you know, in a third film, all of the inmates of Arkham escaping could be fun. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it was always fun when the Scarecrow popped back up in the mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight sequels. So I mean mm-hmm. that's a much much better performance of character, but still <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd I'd be as happy not to see the Riddler again ever as yeah. as anything. I think
3: we will, and I th- so I think you know, deal with that.
4: One one scene cameo, I'll be fine with. Oh, no. I'm the Riddler.
3: Okay, you know, do a, a
4: shit.
5: <laughs>
3: He could sing like the he could sort of sing that as the soundtrack to some heist that the Joker and Mister Freeze and <laughs> his Face
2: or Harley Quinn or some fucking bullshit do. Give me a three, give me a three hour loop of that on YouTube. <laughs> in, like, in fairness, you right? Do do I it. think
4: I think the best quality of this movie is that it feels like it only exists for this movie. Ooh. Like of especially coming off the back of the DCEU, which I think we can all agree was a botched experiment. I don't think it's the, either. The fact, the fact that I sat down and watched one Batman story that took place in a world that only existed for Batman, I was like, actually, kind of refreshing. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it, it only exists for Batman, but I
3: so disagree that it only exists for this movie. I think there's so much in this, as we've talked about, that is... It, that is really set Se- up for sequel-able. stuff yeah. that
4: could be sequeled, but that if it wasn't wouldn't feel out of place
3: no uh, no i don't think so i think i thought i think i thought that the batman catwoman relationship was was not yeah fulfilling. that felt like, like act 1 yeah um the joker moment is not it is a pure setup for future stuff the penguin Stuff is pure setup. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree. Uh, that's, the that's
4: the so Joker, awesome. the Joker scene is the only thing I think in this movie that couldn't. You know, the, the final thing I think when you. No, but like in- I say, it's in- about the it's about the texture of gotham's underworld like you you kill off the head guy and there's someone else waiting you don't need to see the rise you don't need to see the 10-part hbo series except that you the fact that they're doing it is immaterial to this movie
3: yeah but the difference is that me and you and joe and most and lots of people know that the penguin is a batman villain and so
4: yeah so okay what do what do you think happens after the end of this movie
3: with, with the with, penguin. With the yeah. penguin, um, I guess I'm going to have to watch the HBO so much. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: this is my point, right? You know what happens with that character. You don't need to see it. We do. If do, they do. if they start the next movie, if they start the next Batman movie, and it like the the penguin is the boss of all crime in Gotham, you'll be like, well, of course. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't know, filling in the gaps, whatever. If they never made a Batman movie, you still know how that character ends up, right? You know that he's going to tangle with Batman again.
2: Yes. Yeah, fine, fine.
4: Like it, like I say, you don't, you don't need to see it happen.
2: Um, I, I agree that it's refreshing to feel like you are watching a movie that exists in its own world and is not tied down by the way. And this is not just a DCU thing; this is an MCU thing, <laughs> it's as, well. A Marvel thing as well. Yeah, it's, it's just, just seeing a movie that exists in its own, uh, in in its own world and feels self contained and its own thing. Um, is refreshing. However, I also did feel like it felt like a film that was going to get at least two sequels. Um, so, so you know,
3: uh, yeah. I think the last point I'd make on all of that is that, you know, you go back to the previous version of this, which was the Zack Snyder version of this. And, it, you know, perhaps like he, but, you know, Snyder himself probably like kind of reached too far wide to cover. <laughs> the style of a Wonder, a Wonder Woman film, an Aquaman film, um, you know, the Superman, the Batman with all of their kind of complex universes in a way, this as a bit of a reset, you know, I think I kind of, I kind of I can, and, I, and I'm excited to see Matt Reeves with his vision that you see in this film, you know, but he could be a kind of a Feige type author for, for future Batman shows, spin-offs, you know, you know, they've already announced that they're making Batgirl, right? That, that, that we have to presume is going to be the daughter of
2: Jim Gordon's. Do we uh, have to I,
3: I, like to? I like. I'm sure that's what that is. I'm sure I, that's what. It
2: is. I just. I that's what I don't want. I don't want mm-hmm.
3: that. I think. Well, I think that's. Make a Batgirl I, movie. I, I make might, it. Make it its own thing. I might be wrong, but I, I'm. I am 99% sure that. No, that's I'm not. What that I'm
2: is. not saying you're wrong. I'm saying, but I'm saying, do I, like I don't. I don't want it. I
3: don't know. <laughs> right, but, you know, but, but I think my point would be just you've got Matt Reeves and perhaps and a more focused kind of universe right the bat universe is is more focused and I think that I'm excited you know I'm willing to explore more of what the Matt Reeves bat universe is going to be even if even if he's not directed the, the stuff in a, in a way that's different to Zack Snyder's DCEU stuff but felt it felt that's just too big for one person, you know. given five years, perhaps the the exception, not the rule, um, and the, a Matt Reeves bat universe is more is is the model going forward, perhaps.
2: Um, I just want to before we wrap up. I, uh, I you know I mentioned already, but I think there's there's some good craft gone into this movie. I would shout out uh, definitely Michael G. his score, and also Greg Fraser's cinematography because I think it is quite an achievement to have a film that feels this dark and murky and that, you you know, you're really, you know, it's mm. constantly raining and you're scraping around the underbell- underbelly of this fucking cesspool of a city. Um, but I don't, when I think of it, I don't think of it be as being like visually muddy or unclear. Like I always felt like I knew what was going on, that scenes were correctly lit. Um, so yeah, I think uh, good job on Greg Fraser's part.
4: Can I, the thing I want to praise is the fact that this movie has almost no jokes in it. Like there are a couple of funny moments, but there's no wisecracking and yet it doesn't feel like I wasn't having a good time. Because one of my problems with basically any blockbuster movie that isn't funny is that sometimes I'm sitting there going like, this is stupid and I'm not having fun.
2: But in this movie... Just just name the Fast and Furious movies if we are going (laughs) to do (laughs) that. They're
4: great. (laughs) I think it takes a lot, especially when you're doing a Batman movie, to not fall back on jokes. And just because the idea is sort of inherently ridiculous, right? And I think think Matt Reeves did a really good job of staying the course and being true to his vision and not being like, I'm just going to put in some fan-pleasing wisecracks Mm -hmm. here.
3: There are definitely moments. There are moments. There for me, there, there were moments early in the film where the first few times you see him in a bright light in the cape. You know, I mean Batman, and he just looks so stupid. <laughs> it's just like you know, yeah. It's sort of a, a less confident director would have put in some a line referencing how dumb he looks from a you know, from a passerby <laughs> or a criminal, and they've would have got beaten up or whatever. But actually, yes, the movie has the the courage of its convictions to say, yeah, look, it's fucking Batman. It's a guy in a cape and he dresses a bat. He's is it is dumb, and he's like sort of mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna, you know, we accept that, and we're gonna try and tell us, uh, you know, an adult story based off that, I and mean, we're not gonna make fun of that or deflate that. Um, and I
2: yeah, I appreciate that. Also, I agree. Cool. Okay, so that was the Batman. Um... Do we have a pitch, Reese? Sure. Um... Who <laughs> who Who would direct the film adaptation of the story of My Lost Keys?
1: Because
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, i think like, yeah, it has to be who's the who's the um who's the who's the thai director who you know just this like slow cinema stuff it's hours and it's about a guy goes to the grocery shop i think it would be that director if that's done i was um, yeah
2: i was i was thinking Miri bill Selan would be a, a good a yeah good exactly right. that,
3: that's so that, that's done that's not i i don't not what almost, if
4: what if i buy the script but we attach michael Bay.
3: Interesting. Okay, oh, yeah, And it's like, it, but I think the problem there is that it would be a Quibi, but Quibi is, is not, <laughs> it could be, it it be, a, be a
4: TikTok. Michael Bay's first TikTok.
3: It could, the way you said it could be a TikTok, it's as though you had just been explained what TikTok was. 10 I,
4: listen, TikTok does, TikTok allows you to do 10 minute videos now.
3: Well, so ooh, as long as you ooh. can
4: stand people talking for 10 minutes at a speed that suggests they've ingested more caffeine than you've had in your entire life, that is fine.
3: Isn't it depressing to think that probably there are kids now who who think of TikTok as like, oh, what, my granddad's app? <laughs> oh, I'm on, insert new app now here that, you know, <laughs> me, James and Joe have never heard of. It's depressing. <laughs> sick. I want to be sick on, on my tech
4: What's the pitch, Reese?
3: Yeah, my pitch is, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my, my, my sweet, sweet boy, Barry Keegan is now in uh, the Matt Reeves universe and in the, Marvel Universe, of course, um, but uh, that's not enough. We need more Barry Keegan. We need more Druid level energy. So, and also, I've be reading all these fucking b- bullshit stories about oh, Madam Webb has cast this actor from Teen Wolf reboot as Stephen G- Jiminy. So, well, uh, um, <laughs> cast cast for me. <laughs> Barry Keegan in the in specifically the Sony adapts the Marvel universe <laughs> the of Sony universe Batman of Marvel characters, characters, right? Yeah, and so we can sit together some kind of like Marvel DC slash Spider Man integrated universe cast for me. Barry Keegan in the Spider Man Marvel Sony universe TM and IQ
4: James, you go first. To talk uh, i think possibly i'm thinking a goblin character possibly the heroic version of the green goblin i don't know whether you want that to be phil Yorick or not but um yeah i think mm. heroic green goblin
3: god damn it, it's a good answer fun i thought i thrown in like a proper like but you know bowl of horse of horse shit <laughs> in terms of this question that's good uh, that's you, you good. hit
4: my you hit my uh yeah. wheelhouse of like obscure yeah. shit that's spider-man great. characters Barry Keegan
3: is like Phil Yorick, the good goblin. That's good. Joe, tough. Tough for you now. But I love okay. Keegan. I feel like me and you, we are we get Keegan more. We, we you know we're on the same page with him. And so I think if you can tap into that, the point
2: is yours. Okay, so I would cast him as the hypno hustler. <laughs> <laughs> who? Oh you don't know oh, the hypno hustler on, Oh that's interesting. Reece the um, so,
4: 70s Spider-Man villain who uh, rides the disco wave.
2: Yeah, he's a he's the a psychedelic performer over guitar that can actually hypnotize people. So he's the lead singer of a band they're called the Mercy Killers. Um and um and yeah, like you know, he kind of like starts off by tricking people into like giving people uh you know, the audience giving them their wallets and stuff. Uh, but obviously, you know those powers can be used for much greater ill. And I think Barry Keegan would really fit that um, that vibe as the hypno hustler.
4: How how long do you spend on Wikipedia? Exactly. How much mo- <laughs> I,
2: go- I googled worst Spider Man villains <laughs> and then tra- tried fran- frantically searching while you were <laughs> while you were talking to find the one that felt like it might be a slight bit of a fit. James takes the point, and it's
3: uh, he actually sort of thought about it, and, and then came to a correct conclusion. I don't know enough <laughs> of that. Uh, the,
2: other, the, 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 one, the one that I was considering as a serious answer was the yep. um, the villain of the Spider Verse, you know, the guy who's going around killing all the Spidermans. Morlin, yeah, him. That's, what I, that's where I was going to go originally. Uh, and I thought, I can't remember his name, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I would have get, I would have get, if, you, if you could have grasped that in your mind grapes, I would have given you the win on that. Well, let me tell you this. Awesome.
2: If I could go back in time and have done it correctly, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> James, the point is yours, sir. The point is yours. Not undeservedly. good. <laughs> Okay, uh, so that is it for this week's show. Um, as we as we mentioned extensively at the start of the episode, uh, this is kind of our last normal format episode on the main feed. Uh, so if you want to hear us talking about all of the Marvel Disney Plus shows and all of the future new releases, then head over to Patreon. <laughs>
4: Is is Morbius the next new release? Yes, of course it is.
2: Yeah, getting in those sweet. You know, you've got to come <laughs> to Patreon to hear what we think of Morbius. Uh, so head to patreon.com forward slash Cinematic Universe Uh oh, sure. £3 a month, and you can subscribe to that. Uh, we will still be around on the main feed with those monthly episodes. Um, and yeah, and also the, uh, the you know, the, the release of our archive of episodes as well. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, give us a rating if you want to get in touch we're on Twitter at Cine underscore Verse. I'm at JoeCunning14. James is at James Hunt and Reese is at Reece. Uh We'll be back in uh, a few weeks time with the, the first of those news episodes and yeah, uh, apparently more BSNL and Moon Knight over on the Patreon. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.